Just a reminder, this is our Game of the Year podcast, and we will be talking about games in depth, which means spoilers. While we don't go out of our way to spoil anything, we will be talking about plot elements, narrative elements, which could be considered spoilers. So just a heads up. And now, on with the show. And welcome back to another Nextlander Game of the Year 2023. Well, it's our first game of the year for 2023. Uh, we're, so. <laughs> we, you know, we're, we're thinking about maybe doing them every week. Just a game of the year every week. Mm-hmm. This week's game of the year is. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Hey, remember, remember, as the former editor of Game of the Month. Oh boy. Well, anybody? Time to bring it back. Anybody? Is that what, is that what you're saying? Maybe. Oh maybe man. It's time for hey. It's, it's, chill just ran up my spine just send an email around hey everybody just please remember you gotta get your game of the month right up send by friday please uh well we've got a we're gonna be doing game of the last 12 months ish ish last Mm -hmm. 12 months ish you know there's we're obviously we're recording this in the last weeks of december so this will be two parts uh today's part that you're listening to or watching there is a video over on the patreon if you want to go check that out we'll have the, the google doc up and some visuals there but uh, we'll be doing this in two parts. We'll be doing our first uh, five-ish categories, and then our next five-ish categories in the next part, which will contain uh, part two. Will contain the actual uh, top ten game of the year. Uh, for those of us, uh, for those of you that are joining us, the way we usually do this, or we've done it in the past, which I appreciate and I like, is for these categories. Uh, it's a mix of uh, a couple of our own personal categories, and then we have consent or non-consensus picks. So it'll yeah. be. If hey, there's a consensus, great, but that is not the, the the there does not have to be. There does not have to be. So we'll we'll have our categories and then we kind of pick our favorites from those categories. But then in the top ten part is where we do the kind of hey, we're gonna battle it out for top ten here. Uh, <laughs> battle. You, you know. Yeah. You know what the people want. The battle. Uh before we get started, I am going to just say it's been a year for this industry. And we want to recognize that a, a great uh, uh, laying off of many, many people throughout this industry, humans who make video games. Uh, and so recognizing that before we get into this, we're not looking to cut anybody's, um, um, you know, uh, uh, pride or, or the thing they worked really hard on. Even if they lost a job, we were all very sensitive to that as we go through and we talk about this game's better than this or this game's not better than this. We understand that it has been a very difficult year to make games. Also recognizing it's been a difficult year. Period. Dot, dot, dot. End sentence. Yes. Yeah, yes. yeah. I, I, I would also add to people that got laid off in the industry, also kind of like smaller developers looking for funding to keep doing what they do, you know, because investment has also pretty much dried up. So like even people that are currently still trying to keep a small studio going, yeah. having a very hard time getting the funding to continue doing that. And, you know, I mean, the thing I think I've said multiple places is that this has been a very good year for product. It has been a terrible year for the people who make those products. And yeah, that, that's a good way to put it. Trying to be as conscientious of that as we can going into this uh, with the understanding that a big flowery celebration of video games feels like about the least appropriate thing in the world right now. Yeah. Yes. Or, or you know, you can do the celebration as long as you also... Pay respects to the other stuff. Yeah. 
That's just right. Maybe don't do, just maybe don't do the celebration and nothing else. And, yeah. and so that's I think where we would like to kind of express is or what we'd like to express is recognizing the difficulty that people have been going through, especially in making video games, but also recognizing the hard work they put into making these video games and to celebrate what we think are some really great games that people worked on this year. Yeah. Um, and then also recognizing again people's lives outside of games and the difficult times they've been having in the general world. I know Brad and Alex, Alex, you do <sighs> just come through some difficult times as well. Yeah. I mean, I think Brad and I are both of the opinion. We would have loved to have been on last week's show, but things got in the way of that on my end. Um, just briefly here. Um, so our, our oldest cat had been, uh, diagnosed with kidney disease a few weeks ago and we'd been doing our best to try and keep her healthy and, and in good shape. But then she took a real bad turn for the worse, uh, earlier this, the week that we're recording this, uh, and we had to put her to sleep, unfortunately. So that really knocked me for a loop. And then the next day I tested positive for COVID. So that also threw me for a giant loop. The, the only piece of good news I can say there is that I'm pretty much fine you know i'm just kind of convalescing and isolating but like my health is not in any real serious way so just going to try and ride this out as best i can yeah and for those unaware we are recording this closer to the things alex has said yeah. than uh when this is going on like, Brad, within also, a couple of days of that stuff yes, happening like yeah. that, uh, that podcast we missed was yesterday yeah. right and Brad, uh you've been dealing with a lot on the family side uh not only recently but for the you know past a uh, couple of weeks yeah that's yes my I'm, I'm not gonna get into details but my my family has really been going through it the last few weeks um and yeah that's been a lot to juggle and try not to act like is happening yes. on a podcast yeah so, so ever i i think i think what basically trying to express is we're going to continue forward. We're going to try and have a celebration of the game of the year stuff. There is a lot of stuff, not only personally out in the world and in the industry going on. And I want to have a deep recognition of that before we get into the part where we go and start talking about goofy games. Yes. Um, yes. And like, if people, me... if people um, are maybe in and out of it, please respect that, that, uh, you know, yeah. uh, there's a lot of stuff going on. Right to now. say our conscious yeah. concentration may not be completely state of the art this year, but we will do our damnedest. <laughs> Weird. Yeah, I mean it's you know it's one of the paradoxes of this line of work that vexes me the most. Right? It's like you may or may not want to talk about what's going on in your personal life in public to the world, but sometimes it's hard to just put on the good face and keep going as if nothing is happening. Right? It's true. So it's that's a tricky line to walk. Um, and I, I am not nearly as caught up on some games as I would like to be right now. But yeah, the same. It is. It is what it is. But uh, thank you to everyone listening for sticking with us and and keeping us going. And we hope you enjoy the and show. <laughs> Look, we're gonna try our best. Thank you for your patience to, to put on a, a game of the year thing here in the midst of it. That being said, should we just jump into one of our first categories yeah. for this year? No need uh, to fuck around. Let's just find out. Let's uh, let's just get into it. Uh, again, five categories uh, for this episode and then five categories. Moving on, uh, let's take it to our first category here. It is Next Lander's Game of the Year 2023 Best Look. Best now, this Looking? Category, best Looker? <laughs> so, of course, this uh, came out of the many years of trying to decide what a fidelity slash style slash technical uh, a visual approach to the game en encompasses 
in the end, really, it's the best look. Yeah. Hey, what what game looks good? Everybody knows what that means. Though at this point, also, best look does not mean, I guess it's worth saying, hey, that's a real good look or a bad look That mm-hmm. in the kind of no. common parlance. That is not what we're talking about. Probably. None of these games are a bad look in that way, as best far as we look, know. Best look the day before. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Oof. Worst look. Um, so on our list currently for best look, Hi-Fi Rush, Atomic Heart, Alan Wake 2, Chia, Dead Space, that's the remake, mm-hmm. Horizon Forbidden West, Burning Shores, Dead Island 2, Star Wars Jedi, Survivor, Final Fantasy 16, Humanity, Starfield, Marvel's Spider-Man 2, Cocoon, A Highland Song, Avatar Frontiers of Pandora, Remnant 2, The Exit 8, Thirsty Suitors, Forza Motorsports, Moda, Mortal Kombat 1, and Resident Evil 4, the fourth Resident Evil ever. I'm talking about the GameCube version. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That was, that was the one yeah. I'm putting on the list here. Um, so we're going to try and winnow this down to our personal picks here. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we're going to do the thing. Hey, look, if you're watching this, you've been with us for a while. We're going to talk about some of the games before we cut them here. Yeah, that's how sure. we do it. Um, and we're going to start. Let's I'll just going to start with uh, bringing up a big one here. Starfield. It's got somebody's blinking cursor is next to it. I don't know mm-hmm. whose it is. It's not mine. A, not mine. OK, it might be yours. Could be me. It's Starfield right it is, here. It, yep. Starfield. Does that mean you're poised to cut it? I am poised to cut or, it. I don't think Starfield. Okay. Um, look, I, 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 I go back and forth. Like, it's not my favorite on this list. No, 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 no absolutely yeah. not. Uh, is, is it a, it a good game? looking no. game? <laughs> it, huh. Okay. Which, which, which of those questions should we answer first? Here, here's what I'm going to say on behalf of Starfield as someone who is definitely the least bought into what Bethesda Gameworks generally does with their biggest games of this group, I think. Um, they promised you a very sleek looking vision of the future that is informed by very specific sci-fi sources that I'm sure we are all that are all well-worn and we're all very familiar with. I think they delivered on that more than adequately. It is also a game that feels largely devoid of style outside of those inspirations. And I think the engine, the like the back-end technology of Bethesda stuff has never seemed more like in desperate need of reworking because from a technical standpoint it's not a bad looking one of these but it feels old in a lot of ways yeah yeah i mostly agree with that i think the i think the rendering quality is okay like it looks decent enough but like there's definitely aspects of the tech that are holding them back i think like the nasa punk aspect of this is the main point of conversation right yeah the the style of it Yeah, like that that was their term, or I don't know if that term existed before they made this game or if they came up with it. Like the term is a little goofy. Yes. Like, I don't I don't find it quite as risible as some people seem to. Government little, agency punk is just not a thing yeah, you should yes, say. Yes, there's like look, I I love NASA history and stuff. Like punk, I don't know. No. If there's any element of that in there. Um like 
I liked the way they implemented it. I thought it was maybe a little overwrought at points. Mm. Like, like the interiors of the ships are a little too busy, I think, for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. For example, like, it's a little... It's a few too many greebles, I would say. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's a little too busy, a little too dense with detail when you're walking around those ships. Mm. Like, maybe a little more restraint, a little more, like... Maybe if they blended in a little more, like, kind of that elegant futurism... And a little less, here's what space exploration looked like in the 1960s. I don't know. I, like, I don't need it to look like J.J. Abrams' Star Trek, where it's all just, like, you know, glass everything and no- nonstop light bloom. But, like, I agree with you. As much as I like the ship designs and the interiors, they are pretty busy. I Like, to me, the thing that looks the best in this game is space. I think they did yes. a really good job of at least from what I played of it, like not only just creating like really great looking, you know, planets and, you know, start like star fields and all that stuff, but also just like a, a nice diverse array of that stuff. It's when you get down on the planets and you're kind of seeing a lot of the sort of samey environmental designs and the city designs and things like that, where I think it starts to fall apart for me a little bit. And again, not to say that it is a bad looking game. No, no, but absolutely. I, I don't know if it, it's going to be my best look. I'm just going to say this now. It's an honor to be nominated. It's a <laughs> good-looking right. game overall, yeah, like I would say. Any, anything we wrote in this category, we wrote because it looks good. That's right. Yeah, we did not good, write so things like, down here because they were worse look. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Somebody thought that uh, they could be could be in contention, let's say, or wanted to be talked about. I mean, to be yeah. fair, I think this is the one place we would talk about Starfield favorably because there just isn't much else going on in that game that really ever stood out to me. Yeah, I... I think I see a future where I go back to it at some point. Like they're out there talking up a lot of improvements and changes they now have planned. Like new mm-hmm. modes of transportation they just announced yesterday or the day before. So they're definitely sensitive to the criticism and act like they are going to be adding a lot. So like maybe that game gets more interesting over time. But that might be a while. Hey, yeah. we have other categories for games that came out at other times, other mm-hmm. years. Hey, yes. Uh, 2024's best game we came back to. That's right. Um, Maybe it'll be Starfield. Do you guys want to uh, uh, pull the trigger on anything else here? Or I guess Um, uh, talk about something else at least? Yeah, we're we're kind of in the winnowing phase here, right? Yeah, I think we're in the the kind of uh, the periphery cuts. I'm kind of I'm kind of back and forth on Mortal Kombat One. Okay. I think like the in-game fight graphics look incredible, but they always do, or like for the standards of the time, like they're you know the, the gameplay stuff looks amazing. Like their production is pretty effing fantastic on the CG, like on the the, the cutscenes, the cinematics at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if there's like anything visually new that that game does though. You know, it kind of looks like another Mortal Kombat game art wise. Yeah. Like I, I, I mean, man, those cinematics are incredibly well directed. Yeah. I don't know. I I think where Mortal Kombat One maybe loses me a little bit in this category is that I just. Sometimes, like some of the art design in this one is not as interesting to me as like the last few games have been. It feels like there's a great deal of fidelity improvement, but like costume design, like world design aspects of that stuff, some of it just really didn't like. I mean, it's none of it's bad. It's just that it wasn't like I I can't really think of too many of the set pieces in this one that really like you know kind of bowled me over in any meaningful way. Mm. Yeah, it's 
I'm I'm kind of with you, Alex. I I think it's but the I think the cutscene stuff is just so good, you know. Yeah, the fidelity is fantastic. Like they they really they made a what feels like a current gen Mortal Kombat. Yes, I, the, this discussion has inspired me to go add something from Mortal Kombat One to another category. Okay, okay. but I don't know that I'll bring it up here. All right. So I was kind of well, I was kind of floating back and forth between this and Street Fighter Six of like, do I want either of these games on here? And I kind of left Street Fighter Six off because, well, it's another game where I think the fight graphics are really good, but a lot of the stuff they're doing in their story mode and other stuff does not look that great. This is the more interesting looking fighting game to me, but I'm not sure that it is a one that I feel like has to be on this list. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you of the two. I would take MK for sure. All uh, right, but I, I am fine to cut it. Same. Uh, Alex, do you, is there something here that you're, uh, I think atomic heart is a pretty neat looking game. I, the further I got into it, the less impressed I was with its style. It feels like it really, I mean, forgive my phrasing here. It blows a lot of its load in the opening hours. And then after that, forgive. it just, I mean, it's, it's variations on a theme. I mean, I played some hours of it. I didn't finish it. I think that once you kind of get a sense of the, hey, what if, uh, you know, communist steampunk technology made it to the future, there's not necessarily a lot going on there beyond it. It's, it's again, well-rendered. It has some interesting novel visual, like, you know, accoutrement to it. But I don't think I ever saw anything that was more impressive than what they do in that kind of opening hour and a half where you're mostly just kind of walking through a lot of stuff. Yeah, I think I would add to that, like, visually, this game is kind of a Bioshock. I mean, it is. You know, in it the just sense is. Of, in the sense of, like, taking the trappings and maybe visual elements of, like, a specific ideology and combining them with some retro future tech, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, which is, like, not an invalid way to go, but, like, it's it's it feels a little predictable in a world where Bioshock has been out for 15 years. Yeah. It's a technical showpiece, though. Yeah, it does. Yes. Yeah, you're right. I mean, actually, God, I forgot they were they had like a tech benchmark demo thing out for like two years before this game yeah. came out that was used a lot for like testing new NVIDIA cards. Like I I forgot it was actually a like that and like Avatar are sort of graphics technical. Yes. On here. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. Yes. It's uh, definitely one of those graphics technical. I uh, yeah, I think the style's neat. It doesn't necessarily do it for me um, in terms of like taking my award here but i i have to recognize that like it's a technical showpiece totally. in terms of, of, of the tech in there um but i don't think it's my best look either if it were like a top 10 best looking games of the year i might think about keeping it on oh, yeah. there but like it in, in winnowing I it down I, I just don't feel like i have a strong enough feeling to like want to argue for it um i think a quick one i would say is we could cut that island too mm-hmm. i think kind I of think similar looks- reasons yeah. It looks fine, but it very much just looks like zombies in L.A. There's nothing nothing super innovative sure. about what it does visually. Um, gosh, there are parts of Final Fantasy 16 I was completely bowled over by, but those parts are pretty fleeting. Like, most of it, it looks fine. Like, you know, the art design is good. Like, the fidelity is good. Like, it's a good-looking game generally, but it's really those icon fights, the big fantasy kaiju mm-hmm. clashes. Like, some of those things are crazy. Um, like, again, like, awesome cinematics, right? 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're kind of semi-interactive. Like a lot of those. I mean, if you played the one in the demo, yeah. um, it's similar to that. It's That's a the fair Phoenix number, one, right? Fair number of quick time. Yeah. Like a lot of quick time events. I mean, there, there, a lot of them are just straight up fights later. A lot of them are the full on character action of the core game that you're playing in the middle of like, even those fights look incredible. Hmm. Like the, some of the set pieces in that game are, are really, really impressive. I don't think it's enough to carry it here though. Necessarily. I mean, we don't have to cut it yet, but I don't, I don't think it's going to hang here. Someone I, said it. I, Someone finally I said, said it. it. I said it. <laughs> um, I'm trying to, uh, in my mind, I'm thinking of my three that would be on this list. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've definitely got two. I absolutely have one. Okay. Okay. Um, what are you feeling? To stay on here, I would, uh, for me, I would lock Alan Wake too. Yeah, like, like I, I'm with like, that. I don't know if I'm ready to jump to this yet, but I started to blurt out like, "Well, that wins, right?" <laughs> like, like, not- I, I think Alan Wake too. Uh, I'm, I'm, this is not the cut. This is to, to lock me myself in here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does a fantastic mix of fidelity, style, and kind of uh, um, composition in. in oh, its- yeah. If any, if there is a game that feels like it hits all the quadrants this year visually, I feel like that is probably the one for me. That's yeah. I actually had not considered that. Like that game is both best graphics technical winner and also maybe like best artist. You know what I mean? Best like, art design, like, like nearly best style for me. I, like it's I, way up there. I had completely forgotten that that thing has become like a de facto ray tracing benchmark, but also like it, like the storytelling techniques, like the blending of FMV that they do, and yep, just yeah. the. Um, everything that game is doing visually is just like so wildly <laughs> ahead of most of what's out there. It's really, I think, I, I think really that has impressive. to be on the list. Like I'm, yeah. I'm putting a star next to that for sure. Okay. Um, I, I also, yeah. Okay. Sorry, Alex, go ahead. I don't think humanity probably makes this final list. Yeah. That's a style yeah. game. And I think the style True. is awesome. Hmm. And I think that, you know, it's it's a simple thing. It is a simple visual style for the puzzle game that they are making. But I love the flavor of it. I love the way the little people just sort of like mush together as as shit mm-hmm. gets crazier and crazier in that game. What They're working with a limited tool set, but what they do with that tool set is very cool. I just don't know if it's top three for me. It is cool to look at, though. It yeah, is. Like the... The people waterfall stuff yeah. is very eye catching. I, I, I guess this counts here. Like it looks pretty awesome in VR. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and it and, it's, and it's a situation where playing it in VR actually adds to the experience because you're seeing it in full actual 3D and you can like move your head around and like sometimes in 2D it's hard to see like oh you know this path is being covered up by this other column. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it's a lot easier to get your head around the spatial aspects of the puzzles in mm-hmm. VR. So that's actually like a good use of that tech for gameplay reasons. I mean, it's probably not going to make it in this category, though, if it's, we're getting down to three. It's also something that is just it's wild to look at. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and, you know, we have it. There's another category where this is going to come back up later where maybe it's a better fit for that. It's wild to look at kind of mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. But in motion and just kind of the the mechanics of and people as a liquid is just. Yeah. A, a really weird it's, thing. It's like it's really striking and also like really dark. Yeah, if you think about it. Mm-hmm. Except the people don't mind so much. Apparently, 
No. That they're being there's... flung through the air and into the abyss, but like, there, there's something a little unsettling about it to me that like these people seem completely mindless. Yeah. I mean, look, man, we were perfectly happy to do it in Lemmings. Uh huh. The Lemmings were just because they got you know they're flesh people doesn't mean that we weren't doing the same shit. Um, you know, I'm gonna say let's keep it on there for just for okay. now. All right. Um, and we're keeping Final Fantasy on for now. Uh, yeah, that'll probably go. Okay. Even even as I look at all this other stuff. Um. um Let's see. I think Avatar will probably go. Yeah. As impressed as impressed as I am with like the you know, quality fidelity aspect of that game. You know, the art design is what it is. It's the art design is that of the movies and that's kind of it. Yeah. Sure. Like well rendered. Yeah, yeah. If it's you know it's fine if you're into the movies, but I mean it's like you said, this is next gen jungle tech. I mean I enjoyed uh I enjoyed Chris Person posting some screens of posts from the Avatar subreddit. Mm-hmm. People people talking about like sobbing the first time they got to fly on the back of an Ekron over this world or whatever. Yes. Um, uh, but like technically, like it came out of nowhere. They barely even marketed that game toward the end before release. Like most people forgot it was even coming out. Mm. And for it to look as good as it did kind of out of nowhere is actually... I mean, that's definitely worth noting. Yeah. It's kind of um, like that aspect of it is kind of shocking to me because like way of water did very well and reviewed better. I think even than the first movie did. So I'm kind of surprised that they did not go harder trying to blitz like, yo, it's like those avatar movies you like, right? Come on buy yeah. this. Yeah. It's, or, or I wonder if maybe they just thought like, Hey, avatar is such a strong brand that people are going to find it anyway. I don't know. They might be right. I don't know. But like, this is the first time an Avatar game has been good. So, I mean, I feel yeah, like they'd like, want to lean on that. Yeah, it's it's not bad. I mean, it's not, you know, nothing revolutionary, but it's got some interesting ideas. Yeah. It looks great. It's executed well. I I still might get back and play some more of it. I, um, okay. I got a couple here. I got like a, 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 a trio here. Okay. That I'm just not. Not sure about. I'm just, I like any one of these might make it. And it's. Horizon, Star Wars, and Spider-Man. Sure. Like, uh, I think yeah. Horizon Forbidden West maybe gets disqualified for me because it is DLC of a game that came out last year. That is true, but they did, this is, I think, this is, is this right? This is the first it, time it's PS5 only? Yeah, yes, yeah. that DLC did not come out on PS4 or so. So it's, it's slightly, you know... And it's it is new art design, about. obviously. Like, they added yeah. new environments and stuff, so it's not like there's nothing new there. The shackles are off, man, of Horizon yeah. Forbidden West. I, I don't know if it would stay on here. I mean, it's a very good-looking game. Again, it is. And but so like, is Forbidden West. Yeah, like, Forbidden West is, like, one of the best-looking games of last gen, I guess I would say. Well, I only played it on a PS5. I guess I never saw it on a PS4, but, like, Horizon games look incredible. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. I guess it, it's very good looking. I just, I, I think there's, it was also very good looking. There's, it's, it's better looking. It's better looking than Horizon was last time around because I think they can do more with it. I just don't know if it's going to make it on my list here. And mm-hmm. kind of same thing with Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Um, again, very good looking. I just not inspiring for me. No, it's Star Wars. I mean, they made, they made a good-looking Star Wars game the last time they did this. I think that there is an escalation here with this one. It does look better than that first game did, and I think that the, you know, the parts I played of it really feel like they get 
like maybe more than even other recent Star Wars games, they get the vibe of Star Wars, I think, better than most other developers. I also am just very Star Wars out, and I don't think that even the the increase in fidelity and and, and terrific art design did enough to hook me. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I also feel like there's a little bit of a diminishing returns thing going on with this game. Like, I loved that first game so much, but like, they told like a good origin story there, and now this is sort of like the continuing adventures of, you know, mm-hmm. and like, and it does. Well, you know, there's there's stuff in there that's unique, but it it generally looks like Star Wars. Yeah, right? yeah, and I th- I think also we're just running into stuff where, look, technically, games just look really good. Like there are just a lot of really good looking games, and realizing visions in games is is getting more accurate to what you've seen in other places in other media right like we said yeah. like, like pandora star wars like these things are able to be realized and I'll, i don't know this for sure i'm not a game developer but i would assume there's shared assets also between some of these places where you're using the same 3d modeling to bring stuff in because in the movies are also just big high poly 3d models so yeah i i think it's a really good looking game Again, I'm kind of torn, and and then the same thing on Spider Man Two, where it's like, again, visually, it's it's kind of amazing, but I don't know if it's inspiring for me to keep on this list. Well, so I mean, uh, of the, of those three, it's the most impressive leap to me over the last one. Like the first time, they just cut you loose in New York in the daytime, mm-hmm. and you can just swing. Like I was, I was fucking blown away by how good that city looks and the lighting and all the other improvements to just the general and presentation that they've made. Sure. All that, all that stuff is incredible. I think for me, the one with Spider-Man, the moment where I kind of turned the corner on like, Oh no, this really is probably one of the best looking games I played this year is the venom stuff. Like once the venom suit stuff really takes off and especially once venom gets into combat, like the animation alone on the venom attacks and the crazy shit the suit is doing is far and away the most visually like dynamic stuff that they have done with a Spider-Man game so far. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with like yeah those those playable Venom sequences are incredible. Uh, I like the, the the suit design. the The Venom suit is super fucking creepy. Yeah, mm. like and gets creepier and, as time goes on. Right, like the way that it very subtly becomes like more veiny over time is just disgusting. Yep. Um, like you know I get it. It definitely just looks like better looking Spider-Man that they've already done twice before, but like that could be a top three game for me. I'm not hundred percent sure it would be, but we'll keep it on. I think we keep that one on. I'm not so sure about the other two, but I, I feel like I think that's the one for me that I feel the most strongly about of that trio. Sure. But I, but to, I, I could, I could be down with that, but to your yeah. point about games, just looking good. Now there's one on here that I don't think is going to make the top three, but I think it is maybe like the ultimate example of, you can just find good-looking stuff everywhere now because the engines and the tools now are such that you can you can just make really quality-looking stuff with the right resources. And I'm talking about the Exit Eight, a game that we yeah. played mm-hmm. on stream recently, which you know is like has all the feel of like a student game, but has this incredible fidelity to it that is like really, really yeah. something. Yeah, that's that's why I put it on here. I, I went back and 100 percented that game after we streamed it. Um, that's like that game is in my top ten straight up. Mm-hmm. Like that game is amazing, and it's four dollars. And look how good it looks. Like, yeah, better in motion than in, even well, even screenshots look it's good. It's got a like, photorealistic unre- look. Yeah, that's that's the thing. Like it's an Unreal Engine game. It's four bucks. The the playable space is like one hallway essentially. But like, 
I mean, it's more than just fidelity. Like, obviously, they get a lot of good lighting out of it, but like the, the, the like fisheye kind of distorted lens look mm-hmm. and the way the camera bobs as you walk. I think those also add a lot of realism to it. Um, like the environment is just rendered in such a high level of detail. Like it feels, I don't know, like more lived in, more like more like you're there, man. Yeah. Like there's just it's, it's kind of a horror game, you know, like like getting immersed in that environment. Um, is a huge part of it working the way it does. Yeah. Uh, and, and again, it's $4. Yeah. Like it's nuts that a $4 game that came out of nowhere that looked like it was made by like three people or so in the credits or something can look like this now. Like that, you know, the character model is kind of is what it is. It's fine. It's more, the it's one, more the, there's one person. It's yeah. the environment though. Well, there's like a, they, maybe a couple of other people that float up from time to time, yeah. but like the way they capture the feel of being in an underground subway tunnel though is just like it's immaculate. Yeah. I mean, it's the thing that, um, like, when they did that Matrix demo for the Unreal Engine stuff, like, you know, the thing that they were really leaning on was just, like, you know, the way the lighting and the the environments, like, textures and all that stuff kind of blend together and just get that kind of photorealism going. This is a much more condensed version of that. Like, they're, like you said, they're rendering one environment, but what they managed to do with that environment, both in terms of making it feel realistic, but also uncanny on purpose, I think is really impressive. Agreed. We yeah, keep it very, on, or very, uh, very strong. I, I don't know it's if it's top like, three, but I, it is neat. It's kind of like Final Fantasy, where I'm just putting off cutting it. I think. Uh, uh, but we're definitely starting probably, to get down into it. Yeah, yeah. Um, Forza. So that's a good question, mm-hmm. valid one. We are really hitting good-looking car saturation levels at this point. Like, what do you actually do to make a car? in a video game even stand out anymore because holy shit cars have just looked good for a long time and yes they do continue to get like incrementally better forza is you know i think graphically fidelity wise like probably one of the most impressive looking games this year i think some of the stuff they do with subtle car deformation and other things like that stuff looks great is it that much better than what I was playing in like Forza Horizon 5 or Gran Turismo or anything else. I don't really know that. I I don't have that capacity to just I fuck cars to the point where I finally can say, okay, this car looks 2% better than this other version of a car in another game. I just don't have that. It's a great looking game. It is one of the best looking driving games out there. I don't know that it necessarily bowled me over in a way, and I'm not sure that car games right now are ever going to be able to do that again until we make some kind of giant leap forward. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty much with you on all of that. Like, get back to me when we achieve actual photorealism, I guess. Yeah. It's close. Um, it's, 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 it's in spots. But sure. it's incrementally closer is yeah, really yeah. what it is. That's yeah, right. yeah. If, if you want an exhaustive breakdown, John, at Digital Foundry just posted like a, he's been talking about this for like three weeks and fanboys have been losing their minds. He did like a an incredibly intensive uh, kind of comparison of this Forza and Gran Turismo 7. Mm-hmm. So if you really want to go look at like th- the two state of the art. Well, there's stuff on the PC as well that's up there. But, but those are the two big like franchises, you know? Yeah, especially on console. Like you can, that, that video is out there if you really actually do want to see kind of what the state of the art is in car rendering. Um, yeah, I, I would say that probably goes here. Um, unless, unless anybody disagrees. No, I, 
I, I don't have it in me to fight for it. Like, I, I really, I was glad that game came out in a good state, and I enjoyed it a lot this year, and it is very impressive visually, but there are other games on this list that I think just, like, were more, just either style-wise or otherwise just more impressive to me. Yeah. Um, I would probably cut Resident Evil 4. I think it looks fantastic. I think it um, looks really good, too. But it... This this is maybe unfair, but I'm kind of pitting the two survival horror remakes that came out near each other. Sure. I, I, I each have other. to confess, I am too. Like, mainly knowing we we're going to win those down to three games. Uh-huh. Like, if I had to pick, I would pick Dead Space over Resident Evil here. But yeah. it looks very good. Like, don't get me wrong. Uh, like, it, you know, but but it looks like it looks remake. like it looks like RE4. Like art art wise, like it just looks like a very good looking version of that game. They've been doing amazing things with their remakes, like visually. Uh, yeah. Yeah, like Capcom's Capcom's tech. What is it still the RE engine, I, I think? I like, think so. Like their their tech looks fantastic. Like and and they shipped a very good performance mode. I played it on PS5 and like it was it <laughs> maybe one of the last performance modes that both runs very well and looks very good. Um well, you know, it's it's a strong effort. I, I would say where it it's not unimpressive, but where it's maybe a little more obvious is just the art design. Sure. Like it, it really does just kind of, you know, draw from the original game as it should. I mean, dead space does too, but I think maybe just by virtue of the fact that like, you know, it's been a while since we really got any new dead space. And also the leap from what that first game looked like to what they are doing in this remake I think to me is a slightly bigger leap. I I just I don't know, man. Like Dead Space, Dead Space had it for me. Like I yeah. I didn't finish finish the remake, but I did play a bunch of it, and I felt like every moment in that game is just so infused with dread and visually just so repulsive, but in the exact right way. That like I I just I don't know. They had an assignment. And I feel like of all the remakes this year, I feel like they nailed it the hardest. Dead Space is is in my top. Like uh it's it's really well done. And I I, can I think also that. I'm just kind of a sucker for the Dead Space aesthetic, you know, the original yes. design. So Oh, you mean the Event Horizon aesthetic? <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I, with I, more I, mutants, but yeah. Um, I, I I think I like the color palette looks amazing, yeah. like all the kind of like teal and orange. I mean, I know those colors go together or whatever, but like all the holographic stuff. It's got that like, gothic vibe, you know, like yeah. spires and pointy things. Some a lot of like dramatic use of lighting in a lot of places. Like some of those, some of the scenes or sequences early on where they just turn all the lights out. Yep, mm-hmm. which I fucking hated, but got through. Um, the spacewalk stuff in particular, like I think, I mean that stuff was impressive in the first two games already, but like the just the. The overall presentation of being out walking around in the vacuum and also doing the zero G stuff, like the the whole sequence with the turrets where you're going down that big trench. Uh like it's, just it's, every, everything about the look is is just stupendous. Yeah. I I would not cut that. Definitely not. I I could see that being a top three for sure. Um let's see here. I I also Cut-off. really like Hi Fi Rush uh, visually. Yeah. I, yes. I do too. I think of the sort of, you know, kind of cartoony, like, I don't know. I, it feels weird to compare it to Bomb Rush Cyberfunk because they're like mm-hmm. very different games, like gameplay wise, but there is definitely like a, a similar element of like cell shading and, you know, a lot of expressive personality and character design. I think this is probably the more impressive one of those for me. I. 
I'm trying to decide if it's like top three for me. I don't know, but it is, especially for a thing that kind of came out of nowhere and something so different from Tango. Like, I feel like it, it really, in the early parts of the year, I was just like, I don't, this is, this is fucking crazy. Both how, uh-huh. how interesting this is from a gameplay standpoint and how neat this looks. I, I love how this looks. Yeah. And, and the, and the animation and the cutscene direction, I think is also very, very good. Um, yeah, I love this one. I would keep this for a while on this list. Yeah, I yes. Like on the one hand, it's just cell shaded, but on the other hand, it might be the best cell shading I've ever seen. It's or, really like, the good. That, and the animation, the, the way the animation supports the cell shading, like like I can't believe that cell shaded characters look that much like just a straight up cartoon at this point. Um, but also like a lot of the other art design stuff they do, like the all the little visual elements that animate on the beat in the world. Mm-hmm which are both good for gameplay and also just look awesome. Yeah. Yes. You're running around yeah. everywhere and just everything is pulsing on the, in time with the music is awesome. Totally. I like, I like the visual of the iPod in the dude's chest. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the bosses are pretty impressive. Like it, yeah, it looks pretty damn good. Yeah. It's, it's cool. Let's keep it on there. Let's keep it in there for now. Um, cut it, cut re four. And I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to diminish what re four looks like. It looks fantastic, but, but I don't think it's going to make it with some of what else is here. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, I, I think Chia is, is a really stylistically very good looking game. It's not going to be, I don't know if it's going to be in your guys top three. It probably won't be in mine. I want to call it out though, because it's, it's got such a pleasant look to it. Um, I just yeah. loved running around that world. Yes, it was very it was pleasant. Yes, peaceful. Absolutely. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I, d- uh, I mean, some of that, some of that's because the gameplay is also not super taxing or, you know, there's not a lot of danger. Yeah. Um, it, it, but a lot of it's from the art design, right? Like it's, it's yeah, it's very, um, it's like very beautiful, but it's not like mm-hmm. a technical showpiece. It's just a very beautiful place to run around in. Yeah. Pleasing. Mm-hmm. Part, part of me. Part of me is always just trying to recapture the feeling of playing the first Just Cause on 360 nah. again. And so any open world, any open world Troy game set on a tropical island with good time of day uh-huh. is going to do it for me. So this is, this is, yeah, yeah, this game, this game is pretty impressive visually. I, I don't disagree. Yeah. Does, so, it, does it, does it hang here? I don't know. I, it's not, I, again, I don't think so personally. Would, wouldn't be in mine. I just, ha- I, yeah. I would feel so terrible if I didn't just give it its, its dues yeah. here. Uh, yeah, totally. for, for a small production, for sure. Uh, it looks super good. There um, are probably other categories I will feel more strongly about fighting for thirsty suitors. I do think it is, you know, on a as far as like a limited visual budget goes, it is they are doing a lot with style in that game. Um, like this game has a kitchen sink approach to a lot of different things. Like its visuals are, you know, a nice mixture of like, you know, the not necessarily like cartoonish looking people though they are a little bit exaggerated but the like and the the town that you're 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 bopping around in is like you know relatively realistic looking but there's a lot of stuff they do with like character summons and like background animation like you're seeing in this if we're watching the video there's a shot here of your giant dad like there's just a lot they are doing on a style aspect of it and i really love the way the game looks i just i i think there are heavier hitters probably okay. on here I thought this one was going to be in a in a top for sure. I mean, it would be in my personal top. But yeah, keep it on there then. Okay. Yeah, I mean, these are our personal. We lists, do have right? to cut some of these at some point. I'm just saying. <laughs> no, never. We just are our top fifteen. Um, I a Highland song is one I, I will again give due to. I think the visual style of that one is 
amazing. Um, I haven't played through that game. It just was very striking from what I did play through it or, yeah. or play uh, into it. I played the uh, first couple of hours of it, and yeah, like for, I think the visuals uh, and audio really are to me are like the things that stand out about that game. Yeah, again, it's a, it's a um, it's a game. I just want to be in that world and uh, just kind of. You can go where? there. It's Scotland. It's real. <laughs> I you can just go to that place. I don't know if I would be running around the. I don't have the courage to run around the the world like uh, our main character here, but. It's. I think it's a. It's a game where you want to just wrap yourself in the kind of presentation, right? Like it's totally just such a, like a warm blanket style game. Uh, well, that and, and also I think the the environment shifting stuff is also pretty neat dynamic as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a it's a neat visual hook into the gameplay of like it's a two D game, but you can go in and out of the background too far away. Yeah, locations very seamlessly. Like it. Yeah, it's, it's like it's it's just done. very nicely layered the way they put it together. Like good on them. It's it's a beautiful game. Yeah. Lovely in every way. <sighs> yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm debating Cocoon here. Right? Like, like, Cocoon has some very excellent art design. Ah, well, shit, man, actually. Mm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say I actually wasn't as impressed with the visuals in this game as maybe I would have liked to have been. I think that, to me, it is the technology and the thing they are doing with the worlds inside of worlds and the way that stuff kind of seamlessly blends from an art design perspective, I think it's good, but very little of it really resonated with me. I came in here ready to say like, ah, you know, the, the zooming in and out of different worlds thing is, is impressive, but it's just one thing. But then I thought back to like what the boss fights look in that game. Yeah. Uh, and just, it's really the animation. It's like the, the giant things animating in the environment. Um, and the way a lot of those boss encounters unfold and just how that looks. Like I, I don't know if it makes top three here, but it's. I think it's. I think it's stronger than I was giving it credit for in my head. I, I also really like the way this game looks and moves, and how everything has this organic movement to it uh, in the world. I. I'm not That's sure a good word it would for make, it. Make my my top three. I'm honestly, I think this top three we've got on the list now. It's probably going to be hard to beat for me, which is Hi-Fi yeah. Rush, Alan Wake Two, and Dead Space. I can see that. That's um, that's a tough one. I could see a cocoon making it up there. We didn't talk about Remnant Two, which also is just a, a visual showpiece as well. Like it is, that, and if, it isn't. Like if if this if this category was most look, this, I think Remnant would be the shoe in the most like, varied looks because like yeah the amount of different art design in that game because every world in that thing is completely different and each one is like extremely well realized yeah I think um, some are better realized than others that's but the true. ones the ones that hit are like really hit uh, also good use of tech it's like it's an Unreal Engine five game and like the you don't think about it after you've played it a little bit, but like just running around that world without any of the sort of level of detail popping in and out, you know, like it's just got a really good steady presentation to it. Like it's a nice taste of where things are going that, that they're, you know, getting artifacts like that out of the look of stuff. It's also a big leap over the last game. Yeah. Huge. Actually. I think I, I haven't played the last game in a while, but I remember it looking a lot more sort of cookie cutter. And like I, I cannot, uh, again, we, we there will be spoiler warnings at the top of this thing, but I have mm-hmm. to say, if we're going most look, that end yeah. boss fight. Oh my god, <laughs> dude! Is all the graphics at once? You know, it is so, both to its its credit <laughs> and its detriment. Yes, like if you're just talking 
gameplay and boss tuning fight aside, the look of that thing is it's bold spectacular and incredible. And I, can, and I can say that I have not played many boss fights that ever looked like that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, uh, you reminded me of that boss, and now I'm going to cut the game. Okay. <laughs> I would add. There's another category where I might add that boss fight somewhere. I can't do it right now, but I might add it later on uh, All right. if I remember. But um, yeah, I I don't think it's going to make top three here. I think it does look extremely good, but a lot of, a lot of interesting weapon design also in that game. Um. All right. I think we're um, we're starting to get into it. Okay, we've talked about everything here. I mean, the top three is a very valid top three to me. I think. Yeah. Like for me, like Spider-Man and the Exit Eight maybe are the two that really, and maybe Cocoon. Like I could see any of those going in there as well. But like, I, I think I'm fine with the top three. So probably not humanity. No, I don't think humanity makes this list. Okay, I'm sad to say. Oops, Marvels. Um, okay, so here is a here is what is left on the list for those listening. We have Hi-Fi Rush, Alan Wake 2, Dead Space, the remake, Final Fantasy 16, Marvel Spider-Man 2, Cocoon, The Exit 8, and Thirsty Suitors. And when we say the top three, obviously we're talking about currently Hi-Fi Rush, Alan Wake 2, and Dead Space. Mm-hmm. Um I think for me, things that are in contention for that would be, I haven't played a bunch of thirsty suitors, but I did like the style of it. And Spider-Man two are probably the ones that could shuffle around in there. And that's probably for me shuffling around dead space, which is pretty hard. Cause I really like the way dead space looks. My number one, yeah. two and three would probably be Alan wake Two, number one, hi-fi rush and then dead space. Yeah, I think I'm fine with that. For like me Spider-Man personally, is, we don't have to Spi- be a consensus. Spider-Man is very well. Those are the games that I think are maybe the most deserving. <laughs> well, I don't know. Like Dead Space. Dead Space is built on the look of a previous game. They did build on it extremely well. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but like that's also the case of Spider-Man. Like it's just a much better looking Spider-Man game. Yeah. Like I, I still can't believe how it looks swinging around that city now. And like I. I can't wait to show that game to my Spider-Man obsessed nephews, but, um, you know, it, it does look like a, just a, a better Spider-Man. Uh, I could see that going like final fantasy is not going to stay here. I don't think. Cocoon. Hmm. Cocoon too soon. Somebody cocoon. has to say something. This is a podcast. I'm going to uh, <laughs> I'm going to delete Cocoon. Thinking. I'm going to delete Spider-Man 2. I'm going to delete Final Fantasy. We have not talked about the Exit 8. Well, we did talk about Thirsty Suitors. Yeah, Alex, about. you're probably the one. Uh, you said you might keep it in your personal one. Again, this is not a consensus list. But we will have three. I think for my money... I think it's that top three for me. I, th- I okay. think as much as I like Thirsty Suitors, it's probably the fourth game on this list for me, uh, visually. Yeah. And e- uh, Exit 8, Brad? Yeah, go play Exit 8. It's $4. Yeah. Probably um, the best $4 you will spend on a video game this year. It looks great. It's a super interesting game. Like, I don't know if, am I into creepypasta now? Is that what that is? Like, I started... I is that I'd, what I'd say it's, it's, in the, it's in the orbit of that, but I think it's more just a... 
I mean, it's just playing on, you know, the the tropes of, like, you know, being in an unsettling environment and unable to get out. Like, that's not like, unique to Creepypasta. I, I definitely was questioning as I was playing it whether I am 15 to 20 years too old for that, but... Nah. Uh, good game's anyway, a good game, man. Can I, um... Can I just put my name next to Alan Wake right now? Because... I, that's, I think it's... I think you can put unanimous? my name next to it, too. Yeah, it's, it's unanimous. Like, All right. Like, Alan Wake 2... <laughs> does so many crazy things visually technical artistic like not even just artistic but like i don't know and surprising is that uh, is what it really comes down to is that like right. as, as great as the fidelity is and as great as the art design is every time a new thing starts happening in that world i feel like i am like holy shit i was not prepared for this <laughs> Like, like innovative is the yeah, word I yeah. would use about the visuals, I think. Like, it's been a long time since I feel like I played a video game that was doing something I have never seen before. I, visually. I, I have not finished it. I'm very far along, but it, it, it's re- relevant to this discussion. I just wound up, so you can switch between the characters, uh, uh, Alan Wake and Saga. I wound up just trying, almost going as far as I could in Alan Wake's story because the visuals there get so weird and you're just yeah. constantly exposed to much weirder playing with the visuals than I was with Saga. And I just I just couldn't leave his thing. I just wound up getting, I think I'm a chapter away from them locking me out of Alan Wake's uh, uh, story. I'm back playing Saga now. It's yeah. just so, I think Brad, like you were saying, just so novel. Like they're, they're, they're refreshing. And it's dark and gross in places. Yeah. But yeah, you know it's, what? It's dark and gross, but it's exciting. It's it's kind of crazy to think how much more kind of macabre it is than the first game. You know, like mm-hmm. I think back on the first game as being like maybe not cartoonish, but a, somewhat more lighthearted. I mean, there was definitely some dark imagery in the first game, but you know, I think I've said it before. That was also the game where like Barry wrapped himself in Christmas lights to ward off the evil or whatever. Yes. Like it was a goofier game where this game is like you know that opening scene of the guy getting eviscerated. There, uh, like it is it, gothic horror. It is like it's a, yeah. it's a grisly looking game. Um, there are goofy bits, and for sure in the game, yeah, sure, um, yeah, it's remedy. Yeah, like the, they're never going to make something that doesn't have any of that. You know, the talk show stuff and everything, like the Finnish brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but, it's it's really it's really like the blending of F and V, the blending of environments, just all the really interesting effects they come up with. Uh, but I was um, I was playing the other day and. I was like, oh, okay, let me just wrap this part up. I'm going to finish. I've got a couple of minutes and I have to go do something with the kids. <laughs> and I was in a theater and then they just showed like a seven minute movie. Yeah. It, like, like, like full movie of like filmed, caught, edited with Sam Lake in it. And I was like, what, what am I going to do? Like turn it off and not yeah. watch this movie here? Like show you, it's just Alan Wake in CG standing my character standing in the middle of a theater just watching the screen of this movie it's just i mean it's not something they haven't done before with fmv in their games but it's just the whole thing is just wild here, here you go christopher nolan's oppenheimer full movie <laughs> in mm-hmm. click here click here <laughs> um and and i think again visually what they're doing it's more than just the style and the um fidelity of it it is integrating into the gameplay in really interesting ways there's the switching with the dark and the light mechanics there are um some of them i don't love well i'll say this my knock against this game on the visual side is uh it can be uh 
disorienting. Disorient. I was gonna say like claustrophobic sometimes to to a point of uh, detriment to the gameplay in some of those wooded areas with how dark and kind of uh, um, hard it is to navigate. We remember uh, watching you do that boss yeah. fight. We know. So that that part's not great sometimes, but overall, Alan Wake for me, Alan Wake Two. Uh, kudos to them uh, visually. I think takes it for me best totally. look this year. Yeah. Uh, it, it and. Uh, just if we're if we're doing consensus on Alan Wake too, I'm gonna say Hi-Fi Rush, very different style, also amazing. A game that's one of those games you want to pull people in, or at least I did wanted to pull people into the room to be like, check this game out, look how this looks. And Dead Space, another kind of horror game, an, a closed environment game, uh, but also I think visually stunning and and great yeah. job on them. <clears throat> that's uh, a strong so category right here. It's an achievement. Yeah, it's an it's an achievement. Alan Wake Two is an achievement. Uh, so we have our first category, and we have our first consensus. Alan Wake Two takes it. Love it. Um, we're gonna take we're gonna take a quick break here, and we're gonna come back, and we're gonna talk about our next categories. Be right back. This week's show is brought to you by Manscaped. Alex Navarro, you remember Manscaped? I sure do. They're the company what makes male grooming, or let's just say body grooming in general, a lot more manageable. (laughs) Yeah. In this copy, they say uh, below-the-waist grooming, but I'm going to say they have a... They have a, hey, maybe it's even your sure waist grooming. It's a, there's above the waist grooming as part of this. There's there's stuff on your face for grooming. Look, hair gets everywhere, man. It's all over the dang place. And yeah. you know what? I bet those tools work just as well above the waist as they do below. And they've got, they're in their fifth generation, the fifth generation performance package, Alex. And if anything, anybody knows anything about me, I am also a performance package. Oh yeah, you are (laughs) next gen performance right there. I'm a race car. Uh, What what does Manscaped have? What what can they offer me? Well, performance package 5.0 Ultra includes loads of perfect stocking stuffers if you're into the holiday season. They've got the Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra, and uh, let's just say that's the one that gets in below the waist. It's got skin-safe technology uh, for maybe sensitive parts as you uh, you get down there. Uh, they got the Weed Whacker 2.0, and that's your nose and ear hair trimming, you know, which I assume <laughs> would be b- above the waist. They have uh, Boxers 2.0, which have their signature jewel pouch. I made air quotes. To keep you calm, cool, and collected. They've got their Shears 3.0 nail grooming kit. Again, could be above, could be below the waist with those nails. And they want you to know that all of this stuff is just great for any kind of holiday gift you're looking for. For that special person that maybe you want to just be like, we could all use it. Maybe you could use it. It's definitely one of those things that you probably wouldn't go out and buy for yourself, but you're happy to have in the house, right? Like one yeah. of those, yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, oh, I probably wouldn't get this myself. And like, oh, that's funny. It's a joke. And then when you get home, you're like, I'm going to go. I'm going to use that. I think I'm going to use that. I could use that. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code NEXTLANDER at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use code NEXTLANDER. And it says here, say, ho, ho, ho to a well-groomed mistletoe with Manscaped. I like it. 
Thanks, Manscaped. And we are back. And we are back with Nextlander's Game of the Year 2023. And speaking of being back, we are back with best game we came back to. Uh, so this is a category that basically stems from games that might have released earlier on, another year, or something that had DLC, that had ongoing opportunities to play it, something you just kind of came back to again and again and again throughout the year 2023. Uh, on this list, we have Zelda Breath of the Wild, Mario Kart 8, <laughs> Hitman's World of Assassination, particularly the Freelancer mode, Vampire Survivors, uh, it's the, the Karatika, or specifically it's the making of Karatika. Mm -hmm. Oh, I thought you just put that on here to troll me. No, I put it on there, I think. <laughs> okay, because boy, I sure had a time with Karatika, <laughs> the, the original uh, Dead Cells Return to Castlevania, The Case of the Golden Idol, that's the DLC that came out for it, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn had a bunch of, or had the Burning Shores, but also it had the so, VR, oh. uh, Forbidden West, thank you, Brad, uh, Sons of the Forest, <laughs> Astroneer, and Fights in Tight Spaces, specifically Weapon of Choice, their DLC there. All right. Those are all games we played this year. They are. I um, can eyeball three, two. I can eyeball two games here immediately that I would pin. I don't know about they the are? third. I well, do I want to say them yet? We gotta build a little tension. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I have enough tension, man. I okay. I should just. I should. I should do this. I'm even torn if I should do this. I think we should cut Astroneer. Yeah, we should cut Astroneer. Uh, I love Astroneer. Yeah. We came back to it to check out all the stuff they have put in it since we finished it. Mm -hmm. The kind of complete mess of it onboarding us into all that stuff we had missed. Yeah. Kind of left me in not a great place. Or, you know, it was, I really wish they had a better way of bringing returning players back. Like we had a, we had a clear save in that game and it just does not, it does not present all the stuff that they have done since we finished it well at all and some of it even was kind of broken yeah i mean to be fair we haven't touched it in in a long long time and it was a it was a a clear save from what like a year ago uh so it, uh it, no no over like three years. okay cheer so, god so it was it was a while they had done a bunch of updates but also i think even if it were uh no and and this is no slight to astronaut i love that game but even if it were 100 percent perfect i think for me there would be other games on here uh, yeah, yeah. Like some of those vehicles they added are super cool. Don't get me wrong. Like yeah, that whole airplane thing and the hoverboard are pretty rad. Yeah. And the quest log, honestly, like that quest log would have been amazing to have when we played it the first time. But anyway, uh, Alex, how was that Mario Kart Eight DLC? Um, so I mean, I will just say they they started releasing that DLC last year, but they really filled it out. I mean, they obviously they closed out the 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 six waves this year. They also didn't add any new characters until this year, so I feel like the bulk of it came out this year. Um, I'm mixed on it. I think it's great that they did it. I think that if they are definitely committed to not releasing a new Mario Kart anytime soon, this was mm -hmm. a very good way to keep what is still one of the most popular Switch games going in a meaningful way. I think some of their Car like their 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 course choices were not the best, 
but they also did include some ones that I felt like were actually kind of glaringly missing if they were going to try and capture as many of the old ones as possible. So, I mean, overall, I think it was very positive. It was a good thing. It got me playing a bunch more Mario Kart this year, which I will never argue with. Uh, it is, I mean, look, that deluxe game came out when the Switch launched. It's been around. Yep. And for $25, the amount that they give you, I think, was actually quite good. That it really is an insane amount of content for the price, especially when you factor in that there are new carts <coughs> as well, yeah. not just courses. Um, yeah, that's, I don't know, that seems like a pretty strong... It's one that I would days. definitely keep in strong consideration, for sure. Here? Uh, let's see. What was the deal with Sons of the Forest? Is it just that it came out last year? Technically, uh, I think it, but we I, played it this year. I think it was in early access. It might have one point one point owed this year. Let me just. Oh, check. I did. I, I don't think, think it has in, yet. I, th- I think it's still in early it's, access. It's the forest. I know they're still pushing big updates for that game. So, uh, or maybe it hit early access in twenty twenty three. This yeah, is- actually, I don't think this is. Yeah, I don't know. Oh yeah, that came out this year. Okay, uh, so that doesn't hey, belong I'll, in this category. All right, I'll cut it. Mm. We did play a lot of that game, though. We did, and look, we came came back to it. It's not necessarily a game that we didn't come back to. True. Perhaps we will come back to it. Yeah, when it comes out of early access. They apparently redid the entire like final sequence of that game. Oh, so why would they do that? Because that was I, so amazing <laughs> and weird. Yeah, well, it was kind of a little. It was if a little you were busted, playing multiplayer, too. you kind of missed a little bit of it. That's, yeah. that's like a weird, I, I have always had this like kind of soft anti-early access stance of like, I'd rather, you know, I don't, don't really have time to play through games multiple times. I'd rather play it in its final form. Mm-hmm. But that was such a weird experience, that last bit in the caves. It was weird. Like, I almost prefer that insane <laughs> semi-broken boss fight to whatever they're going to replace it with. We're, we're basically, I got the, and also I got the ending and you guys did not see basically anything I saw. Yeah, that was kind of a bummer. Although getting getting left behind off the helicopter was pretty funny. I'm gonna add uh I'm gonna add the making of in brackets here, but also just Karatika. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought I thought you had put this on there because I played Karatika for the first time on a stream and Yeah, I know it was kind of a bit of both. I mean, look, this is a this is kind of a celebration of an older game and kind of brought Karatika back in, which is definitely a game that was released what, I don't know. It's definitely an old game years ago. Uh, yeah. Forty. Two was it eighty two eighty three? I can't remember. A long time ago. Um, uh, so I, I mean, all joking aside, that's probably actually a pretty strong contender here. The fact that the making of Karatika got me to go back and play that game, sure. which is incredibly influential, but I've never played it before. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, look, Karatika is one of my favorite games growing up on a on a Commodore sixty four. Uh, I love that game. I I should I should still finish that at some point. That fucking bird, that gate, <laughs> still still haunts my dreams. It's very unfair. All uh, right, I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah. trim one off here. Okay, the weapon of choice DLC in fights and tight spaces is very good. I did play through it a decent amount, um, and I'm still occasionally jumping jumping back in just to play, you know, around here and there. Um, there are other games on this list that I spent a lot more time in. Uh, I just I think what they did was they made a very good DLC campaign. That game is still great. It is not one of the strongest on this list. Okay, fair. Um, 
I don't know what to say about Breath of the Wild. Like, that's a very me thing. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know that it's like relevant to this whole category or not. But I it's mean, our list is the thing. Yeah, that's true. It's that's true. It's your um, thing. Thanks to the Nintendo year end wrap up feature. I went and looked. I put 70 hours into that game this year. Damn. Um, got pretty close to the end of it, but still like to go finish it. Maybe I'll try to play some of that over the holidays when I'm out of town. Uh, the game's still great. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really know what else to say about it. It's still very good. I, oh man, you know what? I, mm, breaking procedure here i meant to ask in the last category if anybody wanted to discuss tears of the kingdom for best, best looking look. no yeah oh for best um, look sorry i i would yeah. I, I would have cut it or i would yeah. have, i would have voted to cut it's it. worth considering it does look like I, I i do think they made some improvements over breath in the wild but like i i would not say that anything about that game's art like necessarily knocked me over i kind of like the general vibe and color scheme and like design elements of breath of the wild better like, mm. like if you look at like what a shrine looks like in the first one versus the second one, mm-hmm. maybe the interiors of the shrine, the shrines are a little more similar, but like the outside parts, you know, um, I mean, what is it? It's the difference between blue and orange <laughs> versus like, uh, green and purple, maybe that, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, I, I, whatever, um, Breath of the Wild is still very good. Breath of the Wild is a very good game. We could probably cut it. I'm hearing people this. Were, if people were curious, I was right before the third Divine Beast uh, when I when Final Fantasy came in and I had to drop it. Um, I really like Horizon, uh, The Burning Shores from Horizons Forbidden West. I think that's a really fun piece of um, uh, DLC. Almost sounds too small, but like additional content, let's say, for that game. For me personally, that would probably, if we're counting like a world we came back to, Horizon Forbidden West w- would be up there. I thought the stuff that Vampire Survivors keeps putting in, mm-hmm. even academically, even though I don't participate in much of it, is just bananas. I <laughs> like, do. Yeah. Is, is like, yeah, like, just, it just doesn't stop. No, yeah. and it never will. Like that well, guy could yeah. just keep adding characters to that game for the rest of his life, and he would never have to do another thing. Oh yeah, yeah. That game made so much money that that, that thing will be going for a while. Like Alex is way later game in that game than I am, but I actually I played a shitload of Vampire Survivors this year. Uh, started. God, right. I started over in that game twice. Like I picked. I I played a good bit on the Switch, and I also kind of I moved to Xbox as my main platform for it. Uh, and we did the multiplayer for it. Mm-hmm. So I actually did the ramp into that game three more times this year. <laughs> I think I that that like Vampire Survivors is hard to knock out of a top three here. Right? I yeah. think so. Yeah, I, I played the co-op with my kids and I, I can't remember when I did all the main level or got all the main characters. I don't know if that was last year or this year, but that thing is like a platform at this point. It is basically ridiculous. And adding yeah, co-op change that game in a way that I wasn't expecting it to change it. You know, like- I mean, that's that's really what it is for me, is that it's not just that they keep adding content and it's a fair amount of it, some of which is even free. It's that most of the things they are adding are actually pretty novel and good. I think mm-hmm. the adventure mode thing that they just put out is actually probably the least interesting thing that they have done this year, and even that I still think is is pretty neat. But like between the co-op... Uh, you know, the additional DLC campaigns they've done, the the abundance of characters, the way they just keep finding ways to jam little variances and new things into that game, 
a game that, again, is mostly just about hitting four keys in various directions and collecting as many bullets as you can. I, I It's just kind of amazing to me. Yeah. Yes. It's a very strong one. Um, Hitman think, is also a very strong one. I think Hitman is yeah. also a very strong one. Like Hitman and Vampire Survivors are both pretty tough to knock here. There is an argument that, I, I mean, I haven't done the math, but it's possible that I spent more time playing Hitman Freelancer this year than I did playing any of Hitman 3 prior to that. And I still played a fair amount of Hitman 3 prior to that. Also, for that mode to be free yeah. and as cool as it is, and as kind of a parting gift to people who love that game because they're kind of done with it now. Mm. Like, they could have just stopped. You know, they could have yeah. stopped after Amber's Island, I guess, was the last map that they added. They could have just left it. But, like, it's crazy, like, what a bow they tied on the whole Hitman trilogy. Yeah. You know? Like, renaming it, you know? Like, kind of making it all one giant platform. It's just one game now. Yeah. Like, adding that, like, the freelancer mode is, like, so interesting and, like, different from the base game, but like plays on the game's strengths and yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy. What a, what a package that thing is. I genuinely don't know that I had a more hype moment this year than the first time I fully beat a campaign. And by a first time, I mean the only time I actually got the chance to beat a full campaign, but I will say I did fall off pretty hard after a few months, but I also spent a few months playing this mode, like if not daily, then multiple times a week. And I consider that a rousing success. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I agree. That's a very, very strong one. Um, those are probably, I don't know, we should probably put little stars next to those, right? Those are, I think, Yeah, I think this is a battle. Those are the, the two third. I would fight the hardest for. I think on mine, I would, if I were going to pick one here, and Hitman and Vampire Survivors again. I probably wouldn't personally pick Vampire Survivors, but I again I recognize the Vampire Survivors. Kate- I'm not I'm not I'm not married to Vampire Survivors in the way that I am. I think Hitman deserves to be on here, but I, I yeah. Sorry, go ahead. I could I could definitely see Vampire Survivors staying though. Um, Case of the Golden Idol. I I just love that game. It had uh, two pieces of DLC. I can't say enough good things about that game. What was it two DLCs? Uh-huh. Uh, the Lemurian Vampire and uh, Golden Idol. Let's see. Spider of Alanka. Yes. Um, just so much fun to go back to. I mean, they're not as big as the original one. <laughs> um, it's just I just love those games so much. Um. I want more of Golden them. Idol and is great. We'll get more of them. Apparently. Yeah. I'm still a, I am sad that I missed that podcast yesterday. Cause I had a lot to say about all of the game awards stuff. Uh, and rise of the golden idol is one of those. Yeah. But, but they didn't really show what the game looks like. So it's hard to say other than it seems like it's maybe 1960s, seventies or something. Mm. Maybe 3d now. Um, I did not play dead cells return to Castlevania. Uh, uh, much at all. I did. Yeah, like that. That thing f- is awesome. Uh-huh. The thing is so awesome. Like, if you're nostalgic for the elements of classic Castlevania, that thing captures that stuff. Did we ever stream that? I think we. I think I had that on the docket, and we never got around to it. Maybe. Like the music, the enemies, the look of it. Like, and especially if you cotton to the idea, as I do, that Dead Cells is just kind of a modern Castlevania to begin with. Mm-hmm. Like everything about this thing feels like such a love letter to Castlevania and a really nice blending of the two games. Um, 
it's rad, man. Yeah. Like, it's so cool. Like, running into, like, you run into classic characters from Symphony of the Night and stuff. Uh, I, I only played a handful of hours. I put, like, three, four hours into it or something. But the more I talk about it here, the more I feel like it deserves to be here. I don't know. Hmm. I guess that was a weird one because it's so hard, right? Like, mm-hmm. you're not going to just, like, you're not just going to play through it, start to finish, and be done with it. Like, it's it's tough to see everything there is to see. And coming back to that game after three years or whatever was kind of yeah, a, that's kind of where I, of a, like, I only got into it enough to be like, oh, man, I yeah. have lost my dead cells skills. Yes. Yes, yes, it was it was a little bit tough to get back into just getting the muscle memory back and remembering how all the mechanics work and stuff, but but that that Castlevania DLC is is so damn cool. Um All right. I think we got to we got to we got to figure it out. You probably cut Zelda, like that I'm the only one that played that and it, you know. You did play a lot of it to be it fair. Could, could be yours. Yeah. If you want it for the low, low price, uh-huh. well, I'm I'm more of the mind of like giving it to the games I think deserve it the most, and like for fifth category the most, you know, mm-hmm. like like Hitman added something incredibly substantial this year that made us come back to it. For example, like yeah, I'll I'll cut Zelda. I think that. That is definitely an odd one out here where just about everything else here like had actual stuff added or reasons to, to revisit. Okay. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to cut Forbidden West or uh, the, the Burning Shores particularly, though I think that's a really great piece of content. Um, my, my pick in, in like old games that got more content would just be the case of the Golden Idol. I just, um, I just want more of that. I want more yeah, of that like before that. I want more of Horizon. That's a that's a cool that's a cool format that can be serialized very easily. Yeah, you know? mm-hmm. like the structure of that thing is such that they could just put out new cases forever. Yes. Though, though um, again, the 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 kind of weaving of the narrative is also very cool. Though, the, again, the case of the Golden Idol is such is so good on its own. These are supplemental and they're not as full, but they're still really fun to play. Hmm. 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 We're thinking. We have to make hmm noises as we're thinking for the podcast. Yes. Hmm. For those who are at home listening, we have to hmm. think about this. I mean, I can tell you right now, <clears throat> my personal three, yeah, is Mario Kart, Hitman, and Vampire Survivors. I can let go of Mario Kart for anything else that's on this list that you guys feel more strongly about. Hmm. 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 Um. Man. I think my personal three would probably be Hitman, Karatika, and Dead Cells, but that's me. Mm-hmm. I think Karatika is super interesting because, like, you know, the making of Karatika, much like Atari 50, is not exactly a game. Uh-huh. Like, it's got games in it, but it's really more an interactive, you know, piece of history, interactive museum. But but the fact that that game could make me go back and play Karatika. You know? Yeah. And play it on the Mister, like on an, a proper Apple II implementation. Like I was like quite literally playing the very first original version of Karatika, and I've never played that game before. Like I didn't have access to it when it was new, and for that to be such a seminal game that I now have like a knowledge of because of the making of Karatika, mm-hmm. like I think that's like I don't know a powerful demonstration of what the medium can do. Mm. Yeah, I could I could see that being on here. 
Uh, I'm not married to it, but I do think that's like it's a cool f- thing that it did. Um, Where are you at, Vinny? I would put Golden Idol, Hitman, and probably Vampire Survivors. It w- would be on mine. Okay. I just like Case of the Golden Idol a whole lot. Yeah, I think I only lean Karataka because I did actually play that. I did not really mess with any of the Golden Idol stuff this year, so I did not have that experience. And also, man, they just do such a good job on those recent documentary things that they are making. Like, it's just... yes. Again, Karataka is not a game that I have any familiarity with as someone who did not play that, you know, the games that the platforms that game was on when it came out. Like, I don't, I know about the history of it, but I had never really delved into it. And so, like, for that to get my attention at all, I think is a testament to how much how good the work they are doing on these things is. Yes. Also, this is something else I could have talked about on the podcast yesterday. Did you see they announced the next one? Yeah. How did that fly under the radar? Hey, what was it? <laughs> It's Llama Soft. Yeah. Uh, Minter, baby. I.E. Jeff Minter. Okay. Okay. Which is what an incredible next choice. Like, I would love to just just show me some video of how Jeff Minter lives, man. Yeah. Like, I just want to see some, <laughs> I want to see some footage of him hanging out on the farm making games. Like, it seems so idyllic. Um, anyway. Anyway. Yeah. Um, I I think that that Dead Cells DLC is, is incredibly fantastic. I... I probably could see it going just because i'm the only one that played it i played some of it like oh you did yeah like i said i played some oh. of it but I, I just couldn't get back oh. i just like you know banged my head against it and then had like moved on to something else like uh i, I enjoyed it but i just had lost my dead cells it was funny the way it blends into the game i actually started getting sidetracked into other parts of dead cells that are not even the castlevania stuff yes like i got i got into the bank for the first time which i had never seen okay. originally and got stuck in there for a while, and I was like, "Man, I'm not even doing the DLC anymore." Yeah, I um, I think it's super rad. I think it's a great combination of of two properties. Oh, let's. I would probably take Karatika over Dead Cells. So, I think I agree. That probably means Dead Cells has to go. I think. Let's see. Do I do the thing where I just flag Case of the Golden Idol to pin it to this list and then let you guys fight it out over the other two? That sounds like a coward's move. And yeah, 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 yeah. And say my choice is that. So, Alex, you're on Mario Kart 8. Or making of Karataka, like or or Karataka, you're you're. I'm saying that if I so that I don't a dominate this category, and also you know just just for the sake of of you know trying to create a little bit of diversity here, I would say that again Mario Kart three eight is probably my number three, mm-hmm. but I don't need it to be on this list. Yeah, that one's like an academic one for me. I don't exactly have a lot of desire to play Mario Kart, but just the amount of stuff they put in that DLC is super impressive. Yeah. Um, I played a lot more Mario Kart this year than I had played in the previous couple, so I'll give it that. 
Uh, I mean, for me, Hitman and Karateka are the two that I feel strongly about here. All the others are kind of take or leave. Yeah, I feel pretty strongly like about Hitman and Golden Idol. And I think Vampire Hitman Survivors. wins this, if I'm honest. I know I don't want to get yeah. ahead of ourselves here, but I feel like Hitman is probably the one for me. Yeah, Hitman's pretty, pretty up there. It's hard. It <laughs> which is hard. Is, which but, is okay. But you know, again, the thing, the reason I it's the one for me, and the reason I don't mind that as much is because a hard thing can definitely discourage me and never make me want to touch it. This hard thing made me want to get better at Hitman in a way that I never did, even in the previous three games. Hmm. It was encouraging hard. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes. I mean, look, I'm, I'm not trying to dispel. Yeah, no, I know. I'm, I'm just saying it out loud. Uh, Someone has to say something. All right. Uh, Hit, Hitman, Karateka, Golden Idol? Not having Vampire Survivors on there feels weird. You know how I feel about um, that. I mean, Golden Idol is, is, I just didn't play the DLCs. I mean, I think Case of Golden Idol is rad. It's an awesome game. I really liked it, uh, but I did not play the DLCs. So just kind of by default, that one's probably last place for me. And also, like, I'll just say that they kind of came out. I wasn't expecting there to be more DLC. So it was like a very awesome surprise for those. Um... I like again. I love Karateka. I think it's great. I also played a lot of Karateka when I was a kid. But seeing seeing the different permutations of Karateka was very cool and made me kind of explore what that game was in a way I never thought of when I when I mm-hmm. played it as a kid. So that is also awesome. I think Mario Kart Eight was the value of Mario Kart Eight is is near unprecedented for if you're a Mario Kart Eight fan. I'm well, and especially for Nintendo. Fan. Yeah. I think Vampire Survivors just keeps pushing out, and that and that co-op mode is great. And I think, uh, I think, uh, like was said before, the kind of freelancer mode is the uh, ultimate dream of the whole that whole Hitman series, right? Like it is yeah. the fulfillment of that that series. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I I would be. I would have a tough time cutting Case of the Golden Idol. So I might just say that's my favorite on this list and make it. Because that's the thing. Again, we're not trying to, yeah. we don't have to reach a consensus here. Like, that's true. I'm saying Hitman is mine, like, <sighs> with a bullet. Uh-huh. All right. I'm putting my name next to Golden Idol. Okay. For my pick. Uh, I was so excited when those DLCs came out. Yeah, I would still like to play those at some point. Like that is a game. Like I'm not that interested in a Steam Deck, but that's actually, of course, then you'd have to type. Well, no, actually, I guess everything you just you can just move stuff around, right? Can't remember now on the Steam Deck or or no, in, in the game. Golden, Golden I Idol. There, I'm trying to remember. Is there? Yeah, you actually so have to you get, the, you get the words on the bottom that you can. That's right. They give you yeah. everything, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, you like something like that is actually a good Steam Deck game. Uh. I think it's I didn't even come in here expecting to say this, but I think it's Karateka for me. Okay. Like thinking about how big of a gap that is in my history or my knowledge of video games for how. And I'm talking about Karateka, not the making of Karateka. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, like 
Though you can also wrap that into that if you want. I would combine them both because like, and you know, like, I guess, is is this a full disclosure moment? Like I've spent some time talking to Chris Kohler about working with Jordan Megner and his dad on that game and like just some really sweet stories of him going out to show, uh, is it Francis Megner? Is that his dad's name? Yes. Show them some of the in-progress work, you know, based on Jordan's journals and stuff like that. Like, it's just a, you know, it's such a like feel good project. And then also for it to have brought me to finally filling that gap in my, you know, in my game history and playing that, Mm -hmm. which I probably never would have done otherwise. I don't know that that all feels pretty special to me. Totally. I like it. All right. So I'm gonna put your name next to, uh, making of Karataka. So that's Brad and then Hitman Freelancer for Alex. Mm-hmm. And then, so this will be a non-consensus list, but a hell of a list. Yeah. Great in its own way. So we're going to take off Vampire Survivors and Mario Kart 8. Honor to be nominated. So we have the best game we came back to. Hitman Freelancer was Alex Navarro's Karatika. We could probably say by inspired by the making of Karatika mm-hmm. for Brad Shoemaker and for me, Vinny, uh, the case of the golden idol, specifically the two DLCs, uh, the case of the golden idol was the game I loved coming back to in 2023. We're going to move on to our next category. Heck yeah. I'm just going to scroll this down on the, on the sheet here. This is my personal category. So ah, we found it. Well, we have a couple of these that we pepper in here where we um, kind of just want to give due. A lot of games sometimes just don't make lists because they're very personal things or they don't really have a, a, a way to fit in. So what we decided was just, just have your own category and it'll be included here. Uh, this one is mine and it's just a way for me to call out some games that I really appreciated from this year. Uh, so this personal category for me is FMV and or point and click adventure games that are for cool people. And mm-hmm. there were kind of a lot of them, uh, especially on the FMV one uh, front. The games I called out on this list are Breakout 13, the entire series. If you remember, it was kind of split into parts. Life of Delta, point and click adventure game, Mia and the Dragon Princess, which was uh, a FMV game, Golden Idols DLCs, which we kind of just talked about. I'm calling that a point and click adventure game. Um, yeah. Fight, fight me on yeah, that. Yeah, sure. No, I'm with uh, you. The Expanse of Telltale series, which I would, that one's probably the iffiest. It's a more modern point and click adventure game. The Many Pieces of Mr. Koo, which is both an FMV game and a point and click adventure game. Uh, the Isle Tide Hotel FMV game. And do you guys remember Hand of Doom? I do. It was it was like that kind of uh, old school uh, um, uh, TSR gold box with FMV in it. Oh yes, right. Uh, with the, it was very goofy. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm pulling up uh, an image of it now. That's the that's the first person. <clears throat> yes, first person game. Yes, it's like some action, but it's got like the spell casting and stuff. That's right. Yes. God, yes, right. That game is fucking amazing. <laughs> it was kind of weird and kind of amazing. Um, so the way this goes is just recognizing these games. I'm going to k- pick my favorites from here. Um, and, and kind of, uh, Oh, I can't tell you what your favorites you, were. You can, you can agree with me. 
I think I think you like Hand of Doom more than the Oshide Hotel. <laughs> I do like Hand of Doom more. I'm going to take off Isle Tide Hotel because that game was kind of frustrating and a bit of a I, mess. I really wanted to like that one more yeah. than I did. I respect what they were going for, but I don't think they fully hit it. Um, I'm going to take off Life of Delta. While I think that was a very good point-and-click adventure game, um, it wasn't my favorite on this list. Um, you know what? I might take off. I'm going to take off the Expanse Telltale series. I think that I only played the first one. I think it was very good, but there's other stuff here I want to get to. The Many Pieces of Mr. Koo, also a fantastic. Did I show that one on? Uh, I think I did. It was like the hand animated one that looked yeah, like it was I remember from the 70s. That um, that one was very good. Which leaves us with Golden Idols DLCs, Me and the Dragon Princess, Hand of Doom, and Breakout 13. I'm going to tell you right now, Breakout 13 is winning. That is, dude, that thing came, <laughs> talk about a thing that came flying in out of nowhere. Yes. Uh, As an authority on your opinions, yeah. Breakout 13 is the right choice. That is absolutely the right choice. I don't know what that game is or why it is, uh, but... Breakout 13, and let's say Breakout 13 fight, <laughs> or um, just ridiculous FMV like, games that seem to like, do what I want from FMV, which is, I can't tell if your stuff is goofy or not, but it's pretty goofy. Yeah. Um, uh, like the, the scope of that production is like genuinely kind of nuts for an FMV game. Yes. Like, granted, it's pretty much all in one location. Maybe that was a cheap location to shoot on. Or rent out or whatever, but there's a lot of F and B in there. <laughs> like that thing goes and goes. Do you remember so you much? Could, so much they had to split it into two games. You could throw eggs at people, mm-hmm. and you could buy was it buy flowers for people, roses or something? Yeah, buy roses. Somebody on our Discord was saying the doctor in that game is based on a real life person, probably. Okay. Which is that's pretty, terrifying. Um, that's pretty sinister. Uh. Not to be, uh, don't sleep on Mia and the Dragon Princess. That game was also super fun and a really fun FMV game. Um, we played, I think we played through all of uh, one run of that. It seemed like it had multiple choices in it though. So like of the ones that studio made this year, I felt like that one. Yeah. I felt like that one had the most, what's the word I'm looking for? Verve. Sure. Pizzazz. The juice. Yeah. It had all of those things. Now, I'm going to take off Golden Idols DLCs. I just talked about how much I, I love that game. You have and betrayed I'm, I, and I'm your gonna, own beloved. And I'm, <laughs> I love those games. I love those DLCs. If you, last year you played Golden Idol, you're already playing the Golden Idol DLCs because those, those are great. In this personal list, I'm going to say, go check out Hand of Doom. If, uh, <laughs> it's, it's a weird thing. I, d- I did not finish it. I don't know how far it, how weird it goes, but in my personal calling out games, the hand of doom is not going to be anywhere else in this list. I can uh-huh. almost guarantee you. Um, and I, I need to give it its due. It's just a weird thing, dude. It's hand of doom is batshit. <laughs> like it's steadily as we were playing through it. And I was just like, I cannot believe they did that. Yeah. I cannot believe they did that. Like, like it's such a cool a cool throwback to that era of of computer RPG, but also the way they put the worst and best FMV in there. You know, oh, it's so and, good. And, and the spellcasting stuff is genuinely kind of neat, actually. 
That's all right. Like, look, do I think Hand of Doom is a great game? I think it's a fun one. I think it's a fun one. I think you're like, right. I'm, like, I'm not going to lie like that. Like, Eth, Orts, <laughs> Tal, yeah. Is mm-hmm. like burned into my brain. You know, it, it's a, honestly, it's a little, uh, it's a little Pargon, Pargon-esque. It's a little Eternal Darkness, you know, Pargon, Pargon, Bar. Of the, of the games you put on this list, it's the one that feels the most like it tumbled out of my brain. <laughs> Uh, so that is Vinny's FMV and or point and click adventure games that are for cool people. Hand of Doom, Me and the Dragon Princess, and Breakout 13, uh, the two parts, uh, win that one. Congratulations, FMV games. Uh, keep, keep on filming, let's say. Yeah, keep those cameras rolling. All right. We're scrolling on to our next category here. Do we need to take a second break? It's a big one. Uh, yeah, let's take another break before we jump into this, because this is a big one. The next category being uh, best played with friends, and we're going to jump into that right after this. Okay, we are back, and uh, I like playing games with you guys. Yeah. We played a lot of games together this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said Where before- Where are you going with us? <laughs> like I said before the break, <laughs> we are up to- Best played with friends. Mm. Uh, also, that's a good, it's a nice play on the best blank yeah. category format. Uh, it's, a, it's a category that's basically like, look, a lot of multiplayer games out there. Some of them are competitive. Some of them are not. Some of them have multiplayer modes in it. These are the games we think are just best played with friends. Or And we are, we are in a golden age of multiplayer games, I feel like. I would like, I would say can, not not only just multiplayer cooperative multiplayer. Games. Yes, yeah. yeah, that's that's the thing. There are so many types of multiplayer games now, and so many of them blend elements of different genres together. And like, it's such a far. I mean, like Quake is close to my favorite game ever, but it's such a far cry from the days when it was just like deathmatch games, and that was yes. it for multiplayer. Mm-hmm. Like, and you know, some of this you can put on the rise of Twitch and streamers goofing on stuff and developers playing on that or whatever but like there's just so many freaking amazing and and complicated like you know deep multiplayer games out there these days like it's kind of awesome this list is long as it is and i'm going to get to it in a second there are more games that could have been on this list that i was just like you know i can't just add games on here infinitely that i'm just going to cut off things like i started playing a lot of lego Fortnite. uh call of duty Warzone is the thing i played a lot of this year like they did a lot of work in those things Let's read what we have here. Of course, we could always add to it as we go, but it's already a pretty big list. Yeah. Uh, Remnant 2, Moving mm-hmm. Out 2, Blanc, which is kind of necessary to play with friends, uh, Marauders, Minecraft Legends, The Outlast Trials, Street Fighter 6, Diablo 4, Sea of Thieves, The Legend of Monkey Island, Pikmin 4, Exoprimal, Lethal Company, Trine 5, A Clockwork Conspiracy, The Jackbox Party Pack 10. Not a big single player in that one. Super Mario Brothers Wonder, Baldur's Gate 3, Super Crazy Rhythm Castle, Vampire Survivors, Sons of the Forest. Let me, make, let me okay. s- scroll and make sure that's okay. That is it for now. I wrote Exoprimal on here. Yeah. I'm now going to remove Exoprimal. Okay, goodbye, okay. goodbye Exoprimal. I, I, I accept played, your removal. I played more of that than I should have. Uh-huh. But 
I mean, it's not bad. It's not terrible. Like, I... It's just they didn't quite do it. Taking it off the list does not mean it is terrible. It simply means it is not one of the strongest on this category. Yeah, they, they should have had more unlocked from the get-go for you to do in that game. Like, having to grind that same mode over and over just to unlock more stuff. Not not cool, man. Uh, I put Blanc on this list. That game. I'm going to take Blanc off this list. It is okay. a f- fun, short multiplayer experience, cooperative multiplayer experience that I had a really good time playing with my daughter. Uh, do I do not think it is the best one of the year. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Isn't you know, it, it's a t- it's a kind of a tough one. This, this well, it is and it isn't. So here's the thing. I don't want to be the person on this list that doesn't like Super Mario Brothers Wonder. I think uh, that game is okay. I think it's it's a decent platformer. It is it is you know uh, enjoyable enough. I did not think the co-op implementation was that great, though they did get rid of the uh, constantly knocking each other around thing, which they've had in some of their recent co-op platformers, which I do appreciate that. I just didn't think it was like a great multiplayer experience. I think it was a fine multiplayer experience. Yeah, I can agree with that. There's two components there, right? There's the local Mm co-op, like you're playing with people on the couch part, and then there's also the bizarre, like Dark Souls, bizarre passive multiplayer Dark Souls shit Mm -hmm. that I think is genuinely kind of amazing. Although I, I don't know, it's it's interesting in concept, not something I would necessarily want to engage with all the time. It's Um, it's a it's a cool weird thing, especially given the some of the levels in Mario wonder where you're hunting for things and you can see like the ghost of some other yeah, player hunting like that, for things that, that from a like social standpoint, I think is kind of fascinating. And, yeah. you know, being able to revive players, but, um, you know, I, I'm with you, Alex. I think, I think maybe it would have been higher on my list if I just like Super Mario brother wonder more. Like and I think that's that's what it really boils down to me with this is that it's like it's a competently made platformer, but for a Mario game, whether you consider it quote unquote mainline or not, it's kind of underwhelming in that way. Yeah. Is it is it just hard to make a two D Mario now? <laughs> Might be. I like, don't think it's that it's hard to make one. I think it's hard to make one that stands out. Well that that's what I mean. Yeah. Like, have we gotten to the point where either two D games are too old hat or they've made too many Mario games that it's getting tough to like is the Mario Arms race like unwinnable now? Yeah, I don't uh, know. I, I'm I'm with you. Like, if if and when I play more Mario Wonder, it will definitely be by myself. Like, that's just how I roll in a 2D game of that style. Yeah, like again, I've been playing a ton with the kids. It still has some frustrating bits of leaving other players behind on scro- on force scrolling and stuff like that, but. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's better. It's good. It's not bad. Hey, look, if it's yeah. on this list, yeah. it means it was considered. It wasn't on this list. Maybe except for Exoprimal. It wasn't on this list. Doesn't mean it's it's bad. Uh, you know, I might try the multiplayer actually over the holidays. Yeah, give it a try. My, it's not bad. My, my my nephew's got their own Switch finally, so we'll have enough controllers. Mm. Uh, maybe I'll try it. Um, there are a couple on here that, uh. I played with you guys for a bit. I can't speak too much past that. Outlast Trials was one, which I kind of liked, but I probably wouldn't pick it as my number one, even the ones that I played with you guys. Uh, I enjoyed it, but I just don't have that much to say about it. I I thought it was actually really neat. Like I wouldn't put it in the top three here. We just played it that one stream, but I would absolutely play more of it. Mm. I thought it was, I don't even know what to compare it to. 
Like, I know there are other games kind of like that. Well, I mean, there was, was Outlast like, also, you know, I mean, that was yeah, kind of well, where they a, started. That's like a single player game though, right? Isn't it? I think. I never played or, the Outlast. I could be wrong. I thought Outlast had a multiplayer element to it, but I, I, again, it's been long enough that I, my memory is kind of vague. This does feel like a big escalation from what they were doing before, though. Uh, I'm looking it up now. It looks like Outlast is single player. Okay. I think I think Trials was their big, like, hey, we're doing a multiplayer. I was just trying to think, like, are there other games that are big on Twitch that are like that? And is that why this got big? I think that might be the case. But, I don't know, I, I thought I thought how, like, how meticulous you had to be to survive. Like, it was just kind of insanely hard, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, like, you had to really work together, and it was pretty desperate in, t- in, in spots. Yeah. Like, you had to, you had to, everybody had to really, like, be on it to make it through that thing, and I thought that was kind of fascinating. Like I said, it was a, it was a cool experience with you guys. I just, we, d- we didn't go back to it too much, and I, I didn't spend too much time in it. Um, yeah, I, I we should probably cut it, but, but. Maybe we should play more of it. Yeah. Any of these things I would play more of. Uh, maybe not Minecraft Legends. I didn't really enjoy my time with Minecraft yeah, Legends man, that, that much. That game really that game really just came and went. Yeah. Like, I'm just going to delete it. I played I played a decent amount of it. Even tried playing with the you know the kids and stuff a bunch uh together and it just it just we all fell off of it. I think we just we didn't play it as much as maybe we thought we were going to. I just didn't love its kind of reduced um uh uh kind of uh rts style mechanics mm-hmm. you know like it just didn't work for me <sighs> um mm, yeah i don't know if i don't know if i'd say vampire survivors is best played with friends <laughs> it's definitely different played with friends yeah, yeah. it's just a it's just a different experience you know yeah yeah i agree with that uh it's cool played with friends. It's, it's awesome. I, I like play that, with my that, kids a bunch. It's fun. I kind of, I kind of could not believe how much I liked when we streamed it. Like how much it, how about how well it does work in multiplayer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I like, I, I, like the, I, I might like, prefer it in multiplayer, but there is a, <laughs> that's my personal opinion. I, again, I, I don't know if it would be on my top on this list. Uh, I'm, I'm okay to, to slice that one. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a question here of how in, literally we're interpreting the name of this category. Like, is this is this actually like it's better to play this with people than alone, or is it just this is best multiplayer? I I wouldn't. You know, I I think the spirit would be like, look, uh, not. I mean, we could roll something into best multiplayer because that usually means that you can have a fun time with a friend anyway, right? So, yeah. Uh, but you know, if you're playing with strangers and you're having a good time, I'm not going to blame you. You know, you you can go for it. Sure. Um, like I'd, I'd I'd say we could probably cut Diablo Four. Yeah. Personally, yeah. I think that game plays just fine by yourself. Like it's also fine with people, but it's definitely not necessary. I I wind up playing that pretty much solo the entire time. Yeah. Like uh, I yeah me too. Yeah. I think it's. I I played with the kids a bit, or I tried to. We had to make all, all Blizzard accounts for them. Yeah, I'd cut that. I was I was like really excited about Diablo Four, and then it did not hold my attention as long as I thought. I mean, I I played a good bit of it, but yeah, like I finished that campaign and just put it down and never never booted it back up. Even yeah. you know, I might not I might not be the only one who did. No, I don't think you're alone on that. <laughs> um, the the Tristam I hate to say it the Tristam part of that game is the best part. Mm. Just hearing that music and going back to the town in that dream sequence I was like, okay, yes. 
I pure nostalgia. I don't care. I just I, the loot grind. Like, and this is yeah, a, this is yeah. the thing. This is the thing with Diablo Four where it could get cut from this list. The loot grind was such. I don't know if you guys even remember when we played together. You're portaling in and out to go drop loot off, like while your friends are dungeon crawling, right? Because you're just yeah. you're like, do you, I don't know if you remember. I'm like, hey, I just got to run out. I'll be back in like two minutes. I just I'm so full of garbage right now. I've just got to come back, and that's silly, right? That's I mean, look, it's a loot game, but there is just so much loot. Um, yeah. Uh, I did not play much Street Fighter Six. I thought the lobby stuff was neat and the character creator stuff was neat. I just, I just didn't get into it. Yeah, I, I think that's the most novel stuff about it. That and obviously their their weird Yakuza single player campaign, which is separate from what we're talking about here. But it's it. I mean, look, the online in that game is pretty good. I it, from my experience with it, um, I do think that lobby stuff is pretty neat. I don't know if it has to be on here. Probably not. I mean, people who love fighting games, in particular Street Fighter, obviously would say it's their number one. Yeah, I guess. Not for any of us. What is what is that social hub called? Oh, what remember. is that thing it's called? The, is it the the battle hub? I believe. Yeah, that thing is that thing is amazing. It's neat. Like that thing is so ridiculous to just run around in there and watch other people with their dumb creative characters like posing and quoting mm-hmm. and stuff. And again, and jumping in with you people. guys and friends, like seeing your dumb characters too. It's like yeah. a cool thing. And like challenging people to matches and stuff. Like I don't, I don't, I doubt anybody who's serious about Street Fighter Six hangs out in the battle hub much. I'm sure they just do the direct matchmaking but it's pretty awesome that they did that look that's why this is best played with friends and not best multiplayer because that battle hub is you're right one of my favorite parts of that thing too and that's why yeah. i keep it on here but i i just i put it down uh i didn't keep up with it yeah like i i lean way harder toward mortal Kombat than street fighter usually not to say i don't like street fighter but i would still put street fighter 6 in here above mk1 because mm. i feel like the the mk1 online stuff was pretty lackluster Compared to 11. Sure. Uh, but I guess we're cutting Street Fighter. I I really liked my time with Marauders. I know that game was punishing. I know yeah, it I is do. hard as hell. I just, I, I want to be better at it. It's mean. I want to be better at it. I think it's such a cool concept. And I like, I think I just like everything about that, that world. Like I wish, I wish I were good at it. <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. I wish. I love the idea of being in your ship, raiding other ships and, and other bases. And like, what I don't love about it is I suck at it. Like, that's what I don't like about it. It's I'm just bad rough, it. dude, man. It's like, not just I, you. I, I don't know if like this must have been done before, but I thought the world war one in space aesthetic. was pretty awesome. Like I'm it, this, somebody like must have kill thought, zone-y, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. Somebody must've thought to put those things together before, but I thought they did it well here. Sure. Um, I played a ton more of this game with my friends oh, off of nice. our streams, uh, which was really interesting. It was a nice year. I reconnected with some old friends from college and even or before that and to play games weekly. And me and one of them being way into like hardcore sweaty shit like this. And the other two like much more like, like I got like two hours a week to play games. I'd like to have fun and uh-huh. not like be brutalized for two straight <laughs> hours. Like it was a definitely a harsh like this is what an extraction game is yeah it's kind of moment very like, punishing there were definitely like three or four moments playing with them that i wish had been on a stream because it just how good people have gotten in that thing like i may have mentioned there, there was a time we did not leave the airlock mm-hmm. we literally we literally got into a gun battle the second the doors open and all got pinned down in there could not get out and just got murdered before we ever even left the starting area uh that game's cool. Yeah. 
Um, still early access, I think. Yeah, I think it's still going. Like, I mean, we played it this year. There's a lot of extraction games out there for what it's worth, though. Uh, uh, I think they need to add. I think we were starting to run into the limits of the content. In Marauders with your group, yeah, you so mean? They, I think they need to add more to that. I'm sure they are. But there's a lot of extraction games. That's kind of the point. You know, there are definitely a lot of other games of that type out there now. Uh, yes, it is. Cutting it. Is it. Early access. I mean, I wouldn't cut it necessarily. No, maybe, no, I would maybe, keep it. Maybe we leave it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think we it's do have to cut something at some point. Um, I think this year's Jackbox is not my favorite Jackbox. Okay. It's good. It's it's good. It is solid. Apologies to Rich Gallup. Yeah, I mm-hmm. think I I think Jackbox is one of my favorite party games. Uh, or I don't think I kind of know Jackbox is one of my favorite party games. <clears throat> I think this party pack was was good, and there was a few really solid ones in there, but. Probably not my favorite. I wound up playing more other Jackboxes when when I would boot this up and, and go into them. So uh, I, I think I'm okay cutting that. Uh, Fair. So Super Crazy Rhythm Castle is fun and awesome, and we couldn't get into it on our multiplayer. Yeah. We tried. There, we tried for a couple of weeks there to before we do a grab bag to launch into the multiplayer, and it still wasn't working well. Uh, Vinny, your everybody... face froze on camera. It's pretty funny. Oh yeah, look at me. <laughs> good face um, yeah yeah i'm gonna keep that face there and just see if it comes right. back in a second um and yeah it, i'm yes yeah i'm bummed it didn't work because it's it's a lot of fun uh so, I'm, but i played it with the with, kids it's great I'm, I'm with you like putting on my reviewer's hat it's like oh this can't be on here because the multiplayer straight up didn't work yeah but i yes we we all went and bought copies of that game ready to play it and i'm kind of bummed we didn't get to maybe they'll fix it yeah yeah i hope I, so I hope so. Um, okay. You guys cut something. I'm going to try and fix my camera while it's... Uh, okay. Oh, geez. Uh, I don't think Vampire well, Survivors has to be on here. Yeah, I'm with you. I was like, most of what else, most of what else is on here is like a question for Vinny that I would cut. Yeah. Hmm. Like Pikmin 4 or Baldur's Gate 3. Not saying I would cut them, but it's like, should they be on here? I think uh, the addition of multiplayer is a really novel and surprisingly workable thing that they did this year. It is not the best way still to play Vampire Survivors. It's just cool that they did it. That's kind of where I'm at. Like, the single player will always be the core of that game to me. Yeah. But the multiplayer works like a thousand times better than it should, I feel like. It has no right to be as good as it is. Absolutely. Like it's, it's it's awesome. Um, I mean, I don't have to cut it, but, like, I don't know if, if Vinny feels... Uh, Vampire Survivors? Uh, you know, let me... Mm, there's probably other stuff on this list I would rather see. Oh, that's actually maybe not true. I I think Sea of Thieves Legend, uh, Legend of Monkey Island is a super fun thing to play with friends. I, I like what they did in the adventure game stuff, but it, it at the end, it is kind of Sea of Thieves. Um, it is mm-hmm. for 2023. Uh, uh, I think it's a it's an interesting approach to Sea of Thieves, but I, I don't think it would it would make my top three on this. Thing. That's fair. Did you see they're putting private servers in that game? No. Like they're going to just let you play with your friends and nobody else finally? No. Which weirdly seems to remove a huge component of that game. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess I it depends see. on how big the the servers can get, right? Like the, yeah. if, if you can get like 30 people in there, maybe not, but Oh, yeah. I think I think it's just four. I think it's just okay, like you and is... you and a normal you and a normal squad just getting to roam the world without fear of griefing. Okay, yeah, that's a little weird. Uh yeah. but yeah, I'd cut it. Uh even though I think it's really cool. Uh, Pikmin four, the co-op in it is it's, (laughs) 
I'd say it's better than the single player. You 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 can game that system in a way in the co-op that you can't in the single player. You basically the other player gets an um uh, it's that kind of um not asynchronous, what is the word for it? Uh, asymmetric co-op where one player is basically a targeting reticule and could just shoot things while the other player is is doing uh Pikmin style stuff. So uh uh, we we can cut it from here. It, it's an interesting way to do it. I think it is it is a okay way to do co op in Pikmin, but it wasn't my favorite of the of this year. Mm-hmm. So what what you're saying is qu- it's quite literally best played with. Friends. That's what I think it is literally better played with somebody else next to you. Um, moving out two, uh, I put on this list because I really like moving out. I think moving out two, I put it down. Uh, I don't think it's as good or didn't hold my attention as much as moving out did we're still kind of working through it um so i would i'd say cut moving out too but it is a great couch co-op game as well can't say enough good things about the moving out uh uh line of games let's say the franchise i think it's fantastic (sighs) i don't want to get too far all right hang on i don't want to get too far ahead of our skis here but there's i think if we are talking about our best played with friends games this year I think Remnant 2 and Lethal Company have to be locks in this category. I definitely think I'm with you. I like Lethal Company, uh, Remnant 2 for sure. Like, look, we played a lot of Remnant 2. That would definitely be the most played with friends. Lethal Company I really like. I think it's great. Do I think- I like Lethal Company, I think, better than any of the other games on this list <laughs> I, as far as multiplayer I'm, goes. I mean, I think Lethal Company is probably my number one. Yeah, here. okay. Yeah. I, I'm like the more we play that, the more impressed I am with that game. Like, yeah, it's a dumb goof mm-hmm. that plays well on Twitch, but like that might be the best sort of like positional audio thing I've ever seen in a game. Yeah. Or like in terms of how it supports yeah. the gameplay and the comedy of that thing. It's very like good. The, the both both the the spatial audio and the way the walkie talkies work. Um also the more we play of it, I think the more depth I see there, you know, like there's actual strategy to and, and options, you know, you've got a lot of options for how you approach every time you land and how you want to go about things. And there's actual strategy to what you buy and how many people you send in versus if you leave somebody on the ship. And like, I think, I think there's like real meat to the gameplay there beyond just like, haha, this is hilarious to watch. Yeah, you're hundred percent right. And on top of that though, doing multiplayer comedy hmm. is not easy. Like doing, like creating like an environment where like slapstick falls out of the natural progression of playing this game with your friends, I think is the sort of thing that like is hard. That's a hard needle to thread. And I feel like every time we have run into something dumb in Lethal Company, it has been legitimately hilarious. Like they have a, there's a real comedic timing to that game that obviously isn't completely des- by design because there are things that just emerge out of your your gameplay that naturally happen that way but like you know that first time you and I played Vinny and you blew that air horn and then suddenly turned around and that monster <laughs> was just there yeah. like that is one of the funniest things i have done in a video game in like the last several years like that was pure fucking comedy pretty good yeah, like i can't be- i can't believe i would put this game over remnant 2 i think like i like remnant 2 better overall but as a multiplayer game like like for what lethal company can tease out of like the group dynamics you know just the ridiculous situations that can happen between people and everything like i think i think it's like way more than the sum of its parts as a multiplayer game 
I think my only thing with Lethal Company is um, I want to see where it goes. Like I like I, I like I like what's there. I think it needs some fleshing out. Um, a little bit of persistent progression would be nice. Like it is a bit rough when you kind of wipe completely and have to start over. It's not the worst thing in the world, but just some kind of uh, and maybe they'll add that stuff in. The positional audio stuff is also awesome, but there I've seen that stuff in like Phasmophobia and those other horror yeah. style ones we've had I mean, before. That's what this game is doing is it's yeah. building on stuff like Phasmophobia and similar types of games where it's like you know really goofy shit can happen. Mm. They give you they give you like the 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 playset to make some really dumb stuff happen and then when it does it's amazing. But also yeah, but it is a little okay. janky in places. Sometimes by design, sometimes not. Sorry, the, the thing for me that it has over something like Phasmophobia is just the loop itself is more enjoyable and more varied. Agreed. Yeah, it's like, like they built you, an extraction shooter in Phasmophobia. Yes, totally, totally. Because like those those like haunted investigation games, like you're going to see their tricks eventually, yeah. and then you've kind of seen them. Versus this game is much more of a like mechanics and skill kind of game. Totally, mm-hmm. like you don't have to identify the monster in the thing like, right that's not the point of the game yeah no i mean i think once you've identified up. the monster you're probably fucked <laughs> um what well, i want to say I'll, is, um i'm sorry go well ahead. baldur's gate 3 is an amazing co-op experience like that is like for what they have done there to be able to have multiple players in that world to sort it all out is fantastic like uh, uh the ability to split up and just go wherever you want uh, to cause to grief or to not grief to to help out or to not help out it's kind of an amazing thing on like that that sorry that that one element the fact that you can just split somebody off from what should be a scripted encounter and have them completely break or subvert it by going somewhere else like that alone makes me feel like this should be on here like but also maybe we're fudging the name of the category a little bit with that one because like are we saying it's like do you have to play it with friends no no and but, 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 but here's the thing is that i played it both single player and and in multiplayer and i had loads more fun playing with you Vinny, and abby than i did playing on my own and i mean some of that is just my personal like i i don't necessarily love like you know dry computer rpgs but like just in that environment where the three of us were bouncing off each other seeing different things like just playing together that way i had a blast with that and i think it's a single player game obviously it's it works totally fine it's very good in its own way but for me personally i think the multiplayer was the draw and that was what kind of what kept me from wanting to play a lot of it on my own it's a very different game in multiplayer where yeah. you have to like rely on your party to kind of fill in gaps where you can just kind of select everybody it's it's super cool it's it's, it's yeah. amazing um I would leave it on there for now. I would definitely leave Lethal Company Marauders and Remnant 2. I'm going to cut Shrine 5, though I think that it is a fantastic game that's a very personal one with me and my, my with my kids. I think people should just check out Shrine 5 if you have kind of left Shrine. I think this is a great one. Uh, and and I played it with my kids. Uh, my kids are, are 9 and 11. They, all, they both got it completely, and there's uh, division between the characters enough where each character that they were playing felt like they were participating in the world in, in the in the playing of it, where you just couldn't steamroll one character over another. It's awesome. It's great. Um, who, who was the most coveted character? Uh, we all just we just kind of fell into him. My my daughter oh, was yeah. the rogue. My son was the wizard, and I was the um I was the the knight. Uh, and all right. 
you know, it, it was fun. We had a fun time just teasing my son because you just make boxes all the time and be like, ah, oh! mm-hmm. like a box isn't always the solution. Like, get your boxes out of here. Try a plank once in a while, kid. <laughs> or just like, look, we can all just jump over. And he's like, oh, let me build three boxes. I'm like, we uh-huh. can just jump. Like, just just go. Just like, it was fun. If you could conjure boxes out of thin air, you'd do it. That's exactly, too. yes, that was exactly his point. Like, wouldn't you yeah, just I, do that? Totally. Yeah, I, I I played all the previous Trine games strictly as single-player games, but, like, playing that online on that stream we did, I was like, okay, you know what, I'll, I'll concede. Yeah. This is pretty awesome as a multiplayer game, even though it's pretty different. It's very fun. Um, Sons of the Forest is... It's a wild one. It's a, I, can't, I can't even imagine not playing that with other people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could, you certainly could like, but look, it's I, so much goofier. I have tried playing remnant two on my own. I've tried multiple times playing remnant two on my own. That is a very different game in co-op. And I would say yes. that game for me is best played with friends because yeah. of the structure of that game. Yeah, I agree. Sons of the forest. I could probably see trying to solo that game, but it just, it pro- might be easier in some parts, but I don't think it would be nearly as fun. Uh, there's just like a lot of. I don't know. There's just a lot of weird stuff happening that you want to share in Sons of the Forest. Also, just like how fucking creepy that game is. Like when you first are out in the woods hearing like the calls of the cannibals, you know, mm-hmm. and just like, did I, did I see somebody moving out there? What the fuck? Like yeah. that stuff is always more fun when there's other people around totally. to like share the horror with and also just all the weird shit in that game. Um, I, I don't know if I would keep it on this list though, because it's up against some pretty stiff competition. Yeah, it's tough, man. I don't know. Like. I'm with you on Remnant 2. Like, I, I played at least as much Remnant 2 by myself as, as I did with you guys on those streams. Mm-hmm. Um, arguably should have dropped the difficulty in solo, because fuck, it was painful. But it is absolutely better with people, like the way the classes line up in particular, like being able to combine abilities and stuff. Definitely, definitely better mm. in a group. Um, how do you guys feel about oh. cutting Vampire and Sons for now? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Like, I, I could, I could, I could see either of those games being in a top three. Um, honestly, like everything on this list, absolutely could be in a top three. Let me run down the list for people listening. It's Remnant Two, Marauders, Lethal Company, Baldur's Gate Three, Vampire Survivors, and Sons of the Forest. <sighs> hmm. I think you can let go, of Vampire Survivors. Yeah. Uh, I think the compared to the rest of this list, I think so. I, I think I yeah, would. Yeah, I guess so. Should I get rid of Sons of the Forest while we're on here too? Like, is Sons of the Forest going to beat Marauders, Lethal Company, Boulders Gate, or Rim There's a chance two? that Sons of the Forest might come back around on when we talk about this stuff next year because that game is still in early access. Yeah, so it was Lethal Company and Marauders. For yeah. That matter. Um. Um. Man, Sons of the Forest is such a weird, unique experience. It. It, it very much is. Yes. Uh, I don't even think we got nearly into the crafting part of it. Uh, all right. I'm going to. I think probably Vampire Survivors is the most likely one to go here. Okay. I cut it. Because that one, even for me, like I'm having a hard time letting go of it. But even for me, it's like that multiplayer mode is kind of amazing, especially that it works at all. But it's not the only draw in that game. This is a t- tough one. Again, I'm looking at this. It's Remnant 2, Marauders, Lethal Company, Baldur's Gate, and Sons of the Forest. Each of these, in its own way, could be my number one pick. Marauders, I, again, I'm terrible at it, but I just love the concept. 
Lethal Company, I think, is just a lot of fun to play. Yeah. Uh, Remnant 2, I just had a, I had a blast playing with you guys. Uh, I think specifically with you guys. I think it was a fun group dynamic. Uh, Baldur's Gate 3, I just adore that game, and I just love any flavor of it. I think the multiplayer adds a lot to it. And Sons of the Forest, I think, is just so quirky. Like, I think I, yeah. I think I just had a really good time with it. Yeah, that's a weird game. That inventory is so weird. Yes, yeah, your backpack. It's like spreading your backpack out on the ground every time. Um, I've only played Baldur's Gate single player. I have not played it multiplayer, so I just can't speak to that. I mean, that's a very strong argument for that to be on here. But just because I haven't played it, I would say Remnant, Lethal Company, Sons of the Forest are my top ones, probably. You you wouldn't put Lethal Company in it? Wait, did I did I? Did you say I, Remnant say Marauders, Marauders and Sons or Remnant? Oh, I yeah, I meant Remnant Lethal Company Sons of the Forest. Okay, is what I meant. Uh, that's good. But it is, but it is hard to see Baldur's Gate going for for what it does in multiplayer. I would personally put Baldur's over Sons of the Forest, but I also wouldn't be mad if Sons of the Forest ended up in the top three. I would, I would do a Remnant Lethal Baldur's would be mine. I think. I think that's mine as well. I would probably. Yeah, I'm, I'm, put, I'm fine with that. I would. I'm fine with that. What do you guys think for the winner? Because I would maybe put Remnant Two. Mine Ooh. is Lethal Company. Lethal. I just. Yeah, I'm torn. It could be either one. I haven't thought my top ten through yet, but like Remnant Two is very possibly the top or damn close. Uh, but as a multiplayer experience, yeah, it's the multiplayer part. Like, like I said, I did, I did play and enjoy Remnant Two quite a bit by myself as well. Whereas Lethal Company is like, it just feels like a blend of multiplayer stuff that I have not seen before. Yeah, and it feels like something that just wouldn't work otherwise for on Lethal Company. Yeah, I don't know. I'm torn on those. I think that Lethal Company, one of my favorite parts. <laughs> is staying behind on the ship because you can interact with people, open doors, buy stuff and do things. Like, I think that's a really interesting home base part of where you have like the, the person in the chair style in lethal company that I think they do pretty well and being able to see the kind of a uh, pings, right? Like kind of alien mm -hmm. style yeah. of like, that Oh man, definitely. Abby's not moving. Abby's down. Yeah. I think that's a really interesting part my part with remnant two is I just couldn't make it work for myself in single player. It's just like, I, like I needed you guys there to support. Otherwise I was just banging my head against stuff. Like I just, I wasn't having as much fun. Uh, like the fact that you, the fact that you just die instantly the second you die yeah. in single player is just brutal compared to like, you get to go down and get re revived in multiplayer and boulders gate three. Look, I play with my kids. Um, I think it, I think it's awesome and fun and a very different game. And <coughs> You know, I think the multiplayer is just spectacular in that game in, in the way that they implement uh, um, e almost every aspect of it. Uh, the yeah. only thing I wish they would do is really just get cross-system game joining together because I now own that game on two platforms, probably going to buy it on Xbox at some point. Like, just, just I need to be able to join games. Uh, you guys, Lethal Company, you think? That's my pick. Um, for me, I I might I might swing yeah, Lethal can, Company. I look. Yeah, you can you can you can go Remnant if you no, want. No, no. Look, look. Remember, might, we don't have to have the consensus. I know, I know. But I'm thinking maybe I want the consensus. All right, I might. Like, that game rules, man. 
Yeah. I, I want to see more out of it. Which one? Lethal company. Like I want to see, I want to see some more on it, but yeah, like the, I I wanted to say real quick, I like, I, I'll give it more leeway there because it is a lone developer. It's just one guy. Is it really? I didn't know that. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was, it was one guy. Um, but it has blown up so much, like guaranteed that thing is going to get expanded rapidly or maybe not rapidly, but you know, like he's made so much money on it that unless he's planning to uh, pull a day before and just run with the money, uh-huh. like presumably that game's going to get a ton of updates kind of like among us did or vampire survivors. It's, it's, it's basically in that category of games that have blown up so much for such a small development team that it's probably going to get a ton of stuff added to it. I'll say this for, for, um, cause I love all of these games that are on here and I'll say Baldur's Gate well, single player. I'm having a great time with also, Remnant 2, I had a, not a great time in the single player, but it's it's just a different game. You have to have, a, I feel like you have to have a di- completely different build to play that game single player than you would in a multiplayer. Lethal Company, I don't even want to try the single player. <laughs> like I don't even want to go. You? I guess I guess you can. And, oh yeah, actually, I I did play it by myself a little bit just to get a feel for some stuff. Like so, yeah, you I, you can. I think Lethal Company might be on of this list the best played with friends. Like I don't think I want to go Lethal. Company, I just didn't even so. think of that game as like a single player possibility. Though yeah. yes, I mean I guess you totally could. Even with two people, remember Alex? We were like, we need more people. Yeah, definitely. Dude, this game has been out for less than two months, and it has one hundred and forty thousand user reviews on Steam. Um, like that's. I can't even, I cannot imagine how much money this thing has made. Let's do it. So point being again, you know, like I, I think there is a good, long, robust future for lethal company ahead of it. You know, sometimes I get also, I get a little nervous and I'm just going to be transparent with people. There's, I want to make sure I'm not picking the thing that's the newest, right? Like you don't don't, want to get new bias on there. Like it's fresh and new. But, but it would I'd be hard to do that this year because we spent so much time playing Remnant 2. Like, that game is so top of mind, you know? Yeah. I, can't, I can't believe I would go into a category like this and not give it to Remnant 2 Yeah. until I played. And again, it's just, it's, just that, it's just that what Lethal Company does in a multiplayer context just feels so fresh to me and unique and unusual. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, like, I went in thinking it was going to be a Phasmophobia-like. It it is more than that, yeah. Um, best played with friends, Lethal Company Hell takes yeah. the top spot with Remnant Two and Boulder's Gate Three. Can't go wrong with any of those, really. Um, okay, our next category here. We're just gonna roll right in. I believe this is our last category for the for day. today. Yep. Yes. Yep. Um, it was peeking out if you were watching the video, and I remembered we hadn't really decided on a on a name yet for it. So we're gonna have to vote on the name first. And then we're going to have to vote on the category. Okay. But our next right, category. People love it when you do game of the year categories and the, the all the parameters are not, are not well defined. Well, I think we have the parameters. You didn't know what to call it. Yeah. No. Yes. Yeah. Yes. This is the, the best. Oh, that's novel. Or like, check this out. Or that's just cool. Or I don't know. Best mechanic, which is. Yeah. Mo- most novel mechanic is my like game of the year hat. Yeah. To answer. I'm okay with that. Like, what basically this is is most novel. It's like the thing or, you're like, that's neat. I love that. That's like, or, you might not be the best game, but you're doing some really interesting stuff. Coolest mechanic? I don't know. Best coolest? Best coolest mechanic? Coolest, coolest game mechanic? Coolest game mechanic is going to be just, uh, uh, I can't think of a character. I don't know. Who's the one that upgrades your weapons in Remnant 2? 
that's, um, oh, um, I don't remember like any of the NPCs' names. Me either. Mechanic. Uh, so coolest game mechanic. You know what we mean. Yeah. Um, here, here are the things that are currently on our list. Viewfinder. All the mechanics. Okay. <laughs> there's the there's the the photo one. Um, there is the uh, 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 the kind of uh, matching, taking photographs, going into photographs. All of the all of the gameplay mechanics in Viewfinder, I think, are fantastic. Uh, Hi-Fi Rush, hitting to the beat, basically the kind of implementation. I think yeah. that extends to the world, kind of living with the beat, the kind of infusing of everything with the rhythm of the music. Yes, beat them up on a beat is not something. I mean, it may have been done before, but I don't remember it. And I can't think of really one off the top very of my head. well. I mean, there's the one with the shooting on the beat. Was that one called the uh, the? Oh, there's a couple of those. Yeah. There's Metal Hellsinger and yeah, then, Metal Hellsinger. I forget what the other one is. Um, oh, uh, bullets per minute. Yeah, bullets per minute. Humanity, the people waterfall, people waterfalls. We talked mm -hmm. about that before. It's just cool. It's just yeah. cool to look at. It's just cool. Yeah, Spider Man Two. That fast travel is amazing. Yeah. Uh, and that is a, a very cool game mechanic. Sea of Thieves, The Legend of Monkey Island. The part where they added an adventure game into Sea of Thieves in the style of Monkey Island, I thought was a really novel thing. Chance of Senar, the translation mechanic. If you don't remember, that's the game where you are kind of slowly deciphering or depending on your pace the the kind of languages based on context of a lot of the languages cocoon that kind of world within a world thing where you're you're nesting worlds in other worlds uh that's the big thing in cocoon super mario brothers wonder the wonder flower uh that's the kind of thing that does kooky things lsd trip in super mario brothers wonder uh chapter 15 mortal kombat 1 again we're doing spoilers here but this is where you go and you take on all the like dial a fighters, creative fighters, the, the, the insane mashups of the multiverse mm -hmm. characters. Yes. Um, and the fact that it's different every time they made a ton of those. It's really silly. Uh, Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom, your powers, your God hand, you're, you're going through the, uh, the floor Ultra one hand. Yeah. Um, the, uh, exit eight, the loop, basically the entire game. Like yeah. <laughs> the changing mm -hmm. of, of the, uh, of, of the, the, the kind of subway station as you're <sighs> in it and looking for it. Basically the mechanic, the core conceit yeah. of the exit. Eight. The thing you're doing. And I added to this while we were on here, remnant Two, the last God damn boss. it. Why? Cause it is cool. It's in a, a way. cool mechanic. Fucking so painful. It's also mean. It's also mean, but it is cool. Yeah. I don't want to play through it though. Uh, Not so, again. So if you don't remember, if you didn't get see it or or get to it, Remnant 2's last boss basically has two separate parallel boss fights going on where you are kind of jumping between them and they pause where the state of that world was when you jump to the other boss, do some damage, and then you go into another phase of the boss and it, it pauses that one and goes back to the other one. It's infuriating and maddening, it but it is it is kind of cool. It's crazy. It's it's one of, it's one of the like most brutal assaults a video game has ever. You know you know what I mean. I feel like I feel like it's just it's just like hitting you with stuff. You know what I mean? Yes. Like the visibility is next to nothing. It's so chaotic. Granted, we were talking over each other, but it's so chaotic. It's hard to like catch all the sound cues. The fact that, like you said, 
you get ported. You get, when you get ported back, like they're still in the middle of whatever they're doing the last time, right? So mm-hmm. like you might be about to get hit when you get ported back. And and there's so like, are you. You are you port back to the position you are in. So if you were going to res yeah. somebody in one part, if you don't finish that res and you're ported, you are now in a different spot uh, from that person, which is like, dude, like they they give you almost no warning when you're getting ported. They do not care if you're mid res or something yeah. or mid heal when they port you because it'll just interrupt that. Like it is, it's crazy. It's vicious. It's vicious. All right, let's start slicing and dicing here. Because I think, think if we forgot anything, I'm just going over my my mental tally here of sure. things I thought were cool this year. Yeah, there. I don't there are think cool we things. have, but I feel like I just I just want to kind of think through it while we're going sure. through some of these other ones. I'm scrolling down, looking through some other games here, and continuing to talk because we have an audio podcast. I don't want people. No, to I understand that. Feel but, free. Um, this is like already an amazingly strong list to me. It is like on any any normal year, it would be hard to find anywhere near this many games that where you could say like they are doing something totally fresh here or something that really like made you say wow. Yeah, there, there's some stuff in Alan Wake, which Alan Wake Two, which I think is kind of novel and and interesting. Like um, you know, but we talked about it in the visual visual side of things. Yeah, like uh, hmm. like I think some of the playing I'm, with narrative with alan wake is interesting but I, I don't think it would make it for me i thought about I, putting I, it on here I, yeah i feel like I, I could make an argument for the light shift stuff yeah. like what's the name of the, the little lamp yeah the lamp you, i think is it light shift something like that um yeah like the the you know you're you're switching between two versions of an environment back and forth to kind of solve puzzles. There, and there's that. And also, uh, Alan's plot board where he can, he can change the environment basically yeah, by adding yes. the, the plot like, stuff to uh, it. I, I thought about adding it here. In fact, like the whole, the whole mind place slash writer's room idea is actually pretty awesome. I mean, you know, like it, you could argue it gets a little bogged down in like having to place Polaroids on the wall. Yeah. At times, but I think that just being able to port to another environment to think about what you're doing is pretty is really interesting in and of itself. Yeah, I uh, I don't know. Now let's see where we get with this other stuff and if that rates or not. Um. All right, the cutting. Should we start? Yeah, we can always add yeah. stuff as we go. Uh, I'm going to cut the Sea of Thieves, Legend of Monkey Island. I think I put it on here because I wanted to recognize that Sea of Thieves did a really cool thing with the um, adding in of Legend of Monkey Island where it could have just been another one of their pirate adventure things, but they decided Mm -hmm. to add in a full-on go get this thing, go use this thing to interact with this other thing style Monkey Island adventure. It's just super well executed and uh, and done – surprisingly well i should say not that i think sea of thieves is a terrible game but sea of thieves kind of has a cadence and a, and a pace and a, and a thing to it and it was cool to see that but i don't think it was my favorite of this year yeah also also just like a, what a great matchup of properties yeah. that is uh and free i believe for the dlc is sea of thieves free, free out of the gate no 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 i mean that dlc yeah. was free I'm, I'm pretty sure it was Um. Let's see. You know, okay, you're probably going to yell at me for this one, but I'm going to say it. Okay. If Spider-Man 2 didn't invent that fast travel, someone else would have. Yeah, you're not wrong. And in fact, I don't know that we can say nobody else has done that. I just don't think anybody's done it in such a cool way. Yeah. 
as like seamlessly the, and neat and the, coolly as they have here. Specifically, the zoom into your in-game map to become the real world bit is yeah. just so striking. And just on a technical level, is just it's a thing. It's a cool mechanic. It makes getting around that game and scooping up your trophy list or whatever you need to do painless uh, to to wander around. You're right. Yeah, I, I wish I, I wished I had more side stuff left to mop up at the end of that game because I actually got the platinum in maybe an hour to an hour and a half after I finished it, mm-hmm. and I wished I had more to do. The other thing I will just say is that as cool as it is, I honestly barely used it because traversal is one of the great joys of that game. I very rarely felt the need that I had to use it except when I was literally going from one side of the map to the complete opposite end. That that's also how I played it until I finished the story, yeah, and I, pretty much I only I only tried it three four times playing the game, and the rest of the time I used the the traversal until I beat it. I agree. Yeah, no, I I also only used it in in mop up stuff. Yeah, I don't, I don't mind cutting it. It's uh, it, but it is awesome. Yes, <laughs> it, it is. It is no doubt a thing that stands out. Um, in Spider Man Two, is like I will probably. Re- forget a lot of the plot beats of spider-man 2 and what happened in spider-man 2 i will probably not forget how quick that fast travel was i mean i think the first time i did it was just like oh my gosh that's is that that really just happened um yeah i mean it it literally has set the standard now for how that should work right totally any and just like from here on out any any open world game that does not have a fast travel that works like that is going to look dated now yeah well keep in mind i mean not every every open world game is going to have access to the PS five hard oh, yeah, drive, yeah, yeah. I, but I, I know yeah, what you I mean. mean. Yeah. I mean, I mean on hardware that can handle it. Of course. Yeah. It'll at least be compared to it. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I look, I'm going to ask the audience, to put their knives away or maybe not. Maybe they're here to dine with me. I don't think the wonder flower stuff in super Mario brothers is, or I, or I, I think it's cool. I think it's cool, but I, I didn't, I didn't get into it enough, maybe, to experience the full wonder of Super Mario Brothers. Wonder. Um, I, th- I think the idea that every stage has some like batshit tripping balls moments in it is is neat. Like, is the actual act of picking up the flower to trigger that stuff like unique or original? Not really. So I guess it depends on like, are we talking about the flower or? I think what it does is the, is the like. Yeah. I think more of what it does. Yeah. I, th- I mean, I think that that is pretty awesome that they just kind of made every every stage kind of lose its mind at some point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, would I keep it here? I don't know. I don't think so. Personally, it wouldn't be on mine. There's can, some very cool stuff in that game though. I can point to like five or six things on here. I feel more strongly about. Yeah. Let's keep it on for right. now. We don't have to, we don't have to slice I, yet. I don't think we I have to. Yeah. I think we can probably cut it. Um, Eh, let's leave it just to see. Okay. All right. I wish I liked Chapter 15 in Mortal Kombat 1 more. Oh my god, I thought it was so amazing. Conceptually, I think it's amazing. And I think the bit, when you first start doing it, is really awesome. Like, they t- they basically take the approach of, what if we threw all these Mortal Kombat characters at you, but we went, we basically do to them what Neil Ciciarega does to music and just mash them up and into these insane monstrosity versions of themselves is pretty funny. But the fights aren't that good or interesting. They're short, and it ends on such a limp note that I think it just kind of left my brain after it happened. 
Yeah, yeah, we we talked about that a lot when the game came out and we all finished it. I also think the end of that chapter is super underwhelming, unfortunately. It's just specifically the dumb the extremely dumb characters they came up with. Yeah, that part um, is cool. I I actually like that the fights are so short cuz I don't want to I just want to see more of the dumb shit that they came up with. Mm-hmm. And and there's like a there's a real, mo- real momentum through that chapter. You know, you start at the bottom of this pyramid, you know, running up the stairs and you end at the top and like that thing just doesn't stop, you know, like you just pound through fight after fight and keep running up the side. Uh, I kind of like how fast it moves. Really, I just like that they mashed up Kung Lao and Scorpion in a character named Stung Lao. Okay. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah. No, um, on a wordplay level, it's yeah. them at the top of their game. Yes, that that's really what it is, was just like laughing. And, you know, they, there's a straight up a trophy for playing through that chapter a second time because you're going to see different characters. Mm-hmm. Um. It probably does not hang on this list. Uh, also, it's a little clumsy where you pick your fighter at the beginning because it's not super clear how that's going to work. Mm. I think we talked about it. I picked Liu Kang, not knowing that it was going to be a second Liu Kang from the main one. Mm. I did the same that, thing. That was a weird experience. Like, it's not perfectly executed, but there are some really good characters in that thing. Yeah. I ended up picking uh, anyway. Garrus just because that, to me, like narratively made the most sense of who would team up with Liu Kang to do this. Um, eh, we can cut it. We could probably cut that in Mario Wonder. I, I think so. Honestly, like there's. Yeah, I think there's three more on this list that I would take over either of those. Um... can't believe how long the remnant two last boss has been on here <laughs> look i still think it's a cool mechanic like conceptually yes divorce, i've never fought a boss like that yeah before. like i want to recognize that dis- divorce myself from the complete and utter hatred i had for it and say look okay look that was somebody was really thinking of new ways to do a big boss encounter and it's memorable it is it is a memorable boss um it's like the boss fight, in, like, in, like equivalent of like electronic noise music. You know, like it's like it's the Atari Teenage Riot of boss fights. It is just an insane amount of noise and disorienting like loudness, both visually and orally. And I respect that that is what they went for. <laughs> but as a player who had to fight it. Let me tell you right now, I never want to do that again. No. Are you saying cut it, Brad? Uh, I mean, we don't have to cut it. Uh, I would I would argue that the people, waterfalls, and humanity is more of a visual than a mechanic. Like, I mean, yes, yes, you are working with like a, a fluid stream of something that you're using to solve puzzles, but... I think I think I think the way it looks is why it's so so memorable more so than the way it works. Yeah, I mean the way it works is is just puzzle game. Like it's right. not doing anything. Like the puzzle design in that yeah, game obviously people. works well, but yeah. it isn't like they're doing something that's completely off the wall. It's just that the the people waterfalls are the thing that make the puzzles go. Sure. Yeah, like you 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 could have abstracted that into something completely like bereft of anything meaningful in terms of imagery and it would still work. But it is a puzzle. People. Yeah, you're wrong. You're not wrong. No one's but saying yeah. it's not people. 
but which um, we cut it from we cut it from the category where that being a look would count. Yeah, I I, th- I think it's a cool uh, game mechanic uh, to to, sh- to fire hose these people at things, but um, mm-hmm. I I wouldn't be in my top three here, so I'm okay, I'm okay seeing that, it go. I'd say that's that's the real thing. Yeah, I think it is awesome. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, it's humanity is a cool game. Uh, I. I'll just say viewfinder, I think has some of the most mind bending, cool looking visual mechanics. Yeah. Stuff, like so. any, any one of the mechanics in viewfinder could win this category for me, let alone all of them. Yeah. I, um, I, I love the, what I love their escalation of things. I love where they take it. Um, I, I think viewfinder would be a lock for me in this category. Yeah. I, ironically, the first main mechanic is kind of overshadowing all the others in my mind. Like I can't even remember all of the later game stuff because that first experience (laughs) of taking a picture and being able to overlay it on the world and walk into it and the way it slices up the existing geometry and stuff. Like that's so striking. So you get the photocopier, you get the one that, uh, you get the stuff that cannot be, um, uh, taken photoed the, the like, uh, material that is like, it's like purple or something. That's right. It's it's all kind of variations on the theme. Yeah, right? mm-hmm. mostly. Um, um, I can't remember what the last one is that you get. It's the last one. There's that whole audio thing. Um, yeah, there's audio stuff. There's the there's the color blending stuff you start doing toward the end. There's the teleporter thing. Um, yes, right. Uh, it's the whole thing is is amazing. Yeah, I like I. I could not stop playing that game because I just had to see what the next thing was that they were going to come up with. So it's not only taking the pictures, like, you know, you're laying them down and walking through the pictures. It, it's very, very, I, I, that would be a lock absolutely for me on this. Um, yeah. It's weird. Like, I, I can remember what the last world looks like, but I can't remember what you're doing there. Do you, do you remember the kind of, well, is it the last world or the last level where you're just kind of putting it all together in that kind of speed run to pull the. Yeah. Pull yeah. The oh, God. Dude, that was like. I mean, it was not that bad. I think it took me like three tries yeah. or something, but like that was some, that was some shit like straight out of the, the challenge in the witness. If you ever did that or tried I, didn't, to. I, don't, I didn't do it. Uh, I mean, the, the one in the witness is absolutely punishing beyond anything I could tolerate, but, but in terms of having to play a puzzle game very quickly, yeah, like it's, that always feels like a big ask. I completely forgot about that last bit. Just keep some photocopies with you. You'll be okay. Viewfinder viewfinder's awesome. Viewfinder's awesome. Um, I, I think the powers in tears of the kingdom are cool. I, I really think I came at this game having played a lot of games where you build stuff and I'm not trying to take what you do in the tears of the kingdom away. I think they implemented an interesting way. I have just played a lot of games where you build vehicles, uh, in different ways, snapping things together, um, using them to explore the tears of the kingdom world is cool, but I think the mechanics themselves um, I was not as the, the God hand stuff. And I think going through the mountain is, is freaking awesome. Uh, yeah. the, the one where you chew through vertically into mountains mm-hmm. is cool. And the God hand one is all right. Like it works. It works well. There's another one. What is the, what's the third one? I'm, I'm not thinking of right now. I mean, the real thing with, with tears of the kingdom is that it really feels like they just took breath of the wild and then added a bunch of developer tool totally. hacks to yes, it. You know, yeah. like that's, that's what that game is. And that it works so version. well is just kind of amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I think I, I wouldn't be on my list though. So I think out of this list here, I think there's stuff that I like better. I don't know if I'm ready to cut it. Honestly, okay. like even yeah. though I, I like, I don't know if, you know, I had the exact same problem I had in Tears of the Kingdom with Bre- as I did with Breath of the Wild, which is that the the 
sheer openness of it did kind of eventually, you know, waylay me from ever finishing it. But I spent a lot more time in this one, and a big part of that is because I had so much fun just mashing shit together with God Hand and just seeing what the mm-hmm. fuck you could do with those tools. All right, look, we don't have to cut. Yeah, not yet. Yeah, yeah okay. <clears throat> I am looking forward to playing it. Uh, apologies to the people who are mad at me for not playing it yet. Never apologize to them. What are you doing? It's good Guess game. what? It's a good There's game. a new Switch coming out soon. Yeah. What a great game to play on a Switch. Um, too. Let's see. Um, Chance of Sonar. I think that whole mechanic is also awesome. It's okay. cool. Um, I am having a little bit of trouble in my head being like, is that just the game is awesome? Because <laughs> it's kind of the I mean, entire yes. game. Uh, I mean, that's like the central mechanics that makes the game go. Yeah. Right? Um, but it's so fun. I mean, it's it's very similar to like the the kind of tingling in my brain with golden idol it, it kind of excites those same parts of that puzzle puzzly part i think the translation stuff is is super cool and, and just rewarding and fun I, I, it, for me viewfinder chance and ooh, i thought i was just gonna say the next one but i don't know exit eight or cocoon maybe yeah there's still a couple we haven't really talked about on here yeah um, I mean, the world within a world thing in Cocoon is Cocoon, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the draw. Um, and it's both, like, incredibly visually striking and is the basis of a lot of, maybe most of the puzzle solving, or quite a bit of it. Um, I don't know. That one's pretty strong. That one's pretty strong. And like, did you wind up finishing it, Brad? Or did you- No, I should really get back to it. I'm, I'm, I'm bringing a Series S with me. Because it... When I travel, I might try to finish it over the holidays. It gets intense. Like the nest thing gets pretty wild. Yeah. Like I, I, that's actually kind of why I put it down was there were a couple spots that I got stuck on and then felt like an idiot when I realized what it was or looked it up in one case. And I was Mm -hmm. like, how did I not think of that? Like, uh, and I even, I even told myself at a point like, okay, self, anytime you get stuck in this game, think about what could be inside something else, you know, like Mm -hmm. clearly all the really tricky logic puzzles in this are going to be, something is in a deeper world or you need to put a different world inside of another world. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. It's always going to be think through all the options you haven't thought through that involve going in and out of these worlds. And I still got stuck a couple of times. And I definitely got stuck once hardcore stuck and like put the game down overnight, then picked it up. Still couldn't figure it out. Um, yeah. it, it's cool though. Like it's, it's a, and also they do it well. Like it, it is yeah. a neat conceit, neat conceit. Um, mm-hmm. and they also yeah, implement oh, it well. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. This, this is just a me problem. I feel like a failure when I have to look something up in a game like this that I'm really like a puzzle game that I'm really enjoying. Like, I feel like if I can't figure it out myself, I shouldn't get to continue. <laughs> no, <laughs> if that makes sense. Well, well, I get what you're saying, which is, which is part of why I didn't finish it. Th- th- I think sometimes in my thing is sometimes with these puzzle games, you're not sure what the game is asking of you. And then, you know, looking it up, you're yeah. like, oh, okay, that's what we're doing now, huh? Yeah, mm-hmm. yes. One of, one of the ones I got stuck on there was absolutely a problem of, like, what I thought was the scope of the game, right. which which means you actually had to go, like, an entire screen back and interact with something from the last puzzle to move forward. Yeah. And, like, in my mind, every puzzle in that game was self-contained. Like, it's like, oh, it's all on the screen, you know? Yeah. And I spent 30 minutes staring at what was on the screen, not understanding what to do, and then it was like, oh, 
So you're just going to start involving previous puzzle stuff now. Like I think that's I just didn't I didn't expect you were going to do that. I, in puzzle games, I feel like that's fair game sometimes where you're like, oh, you've expanded the scope of what we're talking about in terms of the game, like or or yeah. the expectation of what you wanted me to do is completely different. I wouldn't have I wouldn't have thought to do that. Cocoon's awesome. Yeah, um, it is. But so is Exit Eight. Like yes, that is also uh, like that mechanic that loop is so. It's in its simplicity, it's like sublime, right? Like it's 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 reduced down to a spot the difference game, but yeah, it's so well done. Like I couldn't believe how into a glorified photo hunt I got, is which is kind of what that is basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I did we ever? I'm not sure if I figured out exactly how many anomalies are in that game. I think we had like 20, was it 19 20 left something? When, I think when I finished it, I think there were like 19 left that we hadn't seen. Is that right? Well, we were so down to like be, 11 or so. I think when we finished it. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was close to 20 when I first finished it. Oh, forget, oh sorry. But, when you completed your first run. Yeah. yeah sorry. When we stopped what the I mean. stream, we were down to like 11. Yeah. 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 There were not that many left, but so anyway, total, there must be at least like 40, 30 or 40 in the game. But the point is when I finished it and then got all the rest and there was nothing left to do in that game, I was incredibly sad. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, dude, I wish this game had like five times as much in it. Like I fucking love this and I would continue playing it until I ran out of stuff. That's a sign of a good more. game. And again, that's not a diss on how much content there is. I mean, it's a $4 game for God's sakes, you know, like it's just, it leaves you wanting more, but I'd say for what they are, you know, for what the value of that thing is, it's pretty good. Um, one of them I don't. I shouldn't say it because like finding the anomalies is the whole point of the game. But like one of the ones that we kept missing, like I don't know how you would ever find it unless you just happen to turn at the right moment and see it. Mm-hmm. Like I don't want to say what it is, but a lot of because a lot of them are incredibly obvious. You know, like a lot of the anomalies are just like right. hit you in the face as soon as you go around the corner. But there was one in particular that was just like fucking come on, man, that's just mean. I'll, I'll add to the exit eight mechanic loop, which is. I think it's devious and genius that sometimes there's nothing different. Like yeah. that, that makes it so that changes the entire game. Like, yeah. Um, where you're like, Oh, I, I'm just gonna walk forward. I don't think there's anything here. And you're like, Oh my gosh, there was, that is the, that is so integral to that whole mechanic. Uh, mm-hmm. and so smart, uh, and so devious. Uh, that's a, it is devious. That's a very strong one. Um, we didn't talk much about Hi-Fi Rush. I think that while I I love the visuals on that game and I love the aesthetic, the style, and everything that's going on there, I think on this list for me that mechanic is not going to stay for my top three or wouldn't be on my top three. I'll, I think I'm going to agree with you. What I'm going to say is I think the mechanic is incredibly novel and cool. I think the only thing that slightly holds it back for me is that at its core, it is a good beat em up. It is not a great beat em up. Mm. Like I think that the 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 thing that it hangs its hat on, which is the the hit to the beat and get you know bonus bonus attacks or bonus you know damage and all that stuff when you're hitting on the beat. It's good. It, it's it's great idea. The actual beat em up they implemented in is pretty fun, but it would not be nearly as notable if it weren't for that that beat aspect of it. Yeah. Like the actual yeah. fighting mechanics are like pretty okay. Yeah, I can see that. I think it's very satisfying to nail the combos in that game. Yes. When you hit it, when it's all hitting on all cylinders, it's very good. 
Well, also just even moving around in the world to the beat, like everything yes. to the beat is, is cool. Like footsteps. Yeah. The jumps, yeah. the yeah. whole thing. Um, I don't know. That could be top three for me. Okay. But do you, well, what Brad, what are you thinking in your head in the, in the top zone? It doesn't have to be three, uh, but like, what, what do you like? Def- like definitely viewfinder. Almost, mm, almost definitely exit eight. Okay. Uh, maybe cocoon, maybe hi-fi rush, maybe remnants. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's just been on there long enough. It's just fuck. We haven't gotten rid of it yet. I st- I still <laughs> have this nagging feeling that we should be giving Alan Wake more due here. I don't know. I like like I said. I think I I thought a lot about putting it on here. Um, I think it's very cool. I just think there's other stuff on here that I would pick. I you know, look. I, yeah, maybe so. Like I think the plot stuff is cool and the light stuff is very cool as a mechanic Um, and changing the scene and having Alan uh, narrate with the plot stuff on his board is is very neat. Yeah. I think those are the actual mechanics we would be talking about here. I think like the, the blending FMV is more of a visual, like a style thing and less of a mechanic. So I, I mean, I guess those things, it's not like those those two things have never been done before, like ways to shift the environment between two states or whatever. Yeah, I, look, I, those those parts. They I also ran into some parts where it's kind of frustrating, right? Where you're like, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm like yeah. I got to flip these things at multiple times, and I'm I'm you know, uh, but it is cool. Like I, it is definitely cool. I I for me, it wouldn't beat something like Viewfinder or Chance, um, where uh, maybe Alan Wake as a whole might beat one of those, but I think just pure mechanics wise, I think, I think those things are just so cool. Like getting, it, getting, Oh, sorry. Well, I was just going to say like, I never called like my wife in to be like, you need to see like this phase shift thing where I was like, you need to go look at this viewfinder game. Like, look what happens mm-hmm. here yeah. and have her go like, Oh, uh, you know, you're, where your stomach goes weird the first time or yeah. even in chance where I was like, Oh, you would really like this. This is such a cool thing to like decode this language. Um, I never called her in for Cocoon or Exit 8, though I could. Exit 8 is definitely a game I would show somebody and be like, isn't this, isn't this super cool? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, maybe Alan Wake can go then. Uh, it will right, get its due right. elsewhere, I think. You're, you're right that some of those puzzles are pretty tough and confusing. Like getting stuck on, was it one in Chapter 6, I want to say? Like getting stuck on one of those in front of Sam Lake was not fun. <laughs> Uh, it's, it was, well, I don't know if I need to describe it. It was just one of the ones where you need to kind of change it multiple times, walk back and forth to kind of get to where you're going. Were you outside? Anyway, it was in the, uh, yes, it was outside. Were you outside, outside by a rooftops. parking lot by a, by a cop car? You weren't outside no, the theater. This, okay. This was on a rooftop. Okay. Okay. Cause I did one recently or not that, not, not that long ago that I was like, I have changed these things like seven times. I cannot find out where to go. And finally I did have to look it up and I was like, Oh my gosh, I just have to stand here. I just sometimes seeing stuff in that game and I don't want to turn the brightness up, but sometimes seeing stuff in that game can be tough. Yeah. Um, all right, Alex, do you have a general, do you have a general sense of what you would, uh, you'd pick? (sighs) I think for me, and granted, some of this is just the fact that I, I, I may have played slightly different list of these games than you guys did. Like, I didn't play Viewfinder, but I watched you guys play Viewfinder, and I am completely fine with that being in the top three. 
I think from the stuff I played, it's probably Tears of the Kingdom and Hi-Fi Rush for me. But I don't feel like anything on this list is something that I have to have those games over any of the others. I mean, those are good ones. Yeah. Yeah. Except Tears of the Kingdom. I'm kidding. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> Like um, I, I, I think I think I'm impressed with Cocoon more than I liked it. Hmm. I think the world within a world stuff is done really, really well. I did not have as much fun playing it as I was kind of hoping, but that's not on the mechanic. I think the mechanic is. I mean, it's a great thing to hang your game on, and they do it really well. I am going to put my. I'm just going to lock myself into viewfinder. Like okay, it's just it's. Nothing on this list, as I'm looking over it, is going to... I think if I'm going to pick one for myself, it's probably, honestly, Tears of the Kingdom. And I can't believe I'm saying that over a a, a quote-unquote rhythm game in 2023, but uh, I I just, I think I have to I have to give it to them. I wrote my name next to Viewfinder. You did? Oh, look at that. Okay, so wait, now we need, uh, if we're going to pick a third third here. Um, Look, you guys seem to, I like Hi-Fi Rush. Do you I think I'd be totally fine with it being on there. I think Chance of Sonar and Cocoon and Exit Eight are better picks for the third. Do I do I put my name next to Exit Eight just to get it on here? That doesn't feel right. If you look, if you want to consensus this and say Exit Eight makes the third, I'm with you. I think Exit Eight is cool. Definitely would pick Exit Eight out of all the remaining ones. I can live with that. Look at us. I can totally live with that. Cocoon and Hi-Fi Rush are hard to let go. Chance of Sonar, also hard to let go. But yeah. um, I, I Remnant think, 2, a little easier to let go of. Remnant 2. Mm. That boss, again, particularly. Remnant 2 I, needs to be called out in just its audacity. Like, yes. how, how dare this you? This is a call-out post. <laughs> it's insane, man. It's, it's, nobody ever do that again. It's... Once we realized what was happening, and just, like, how... <laughs> just, again, I think audacity is really, like, why would you put a player through that? <laughs> through that? Like it, it really feels like that, you know, the, those games are pretty Dark Souls esque. Like, it really feels like they out frommed from software and how fucked up that boss is. Mm-hmm. It's it's a uh, it's a nightmare. All right, I'm gonna move uh, tears here. I'm gonna put Exit Eight up there, getting its due because um, that mechanic is super fun. And man, just a little fucking four dollar game nobody had ever heard of before it came out, getting a bunch of attention in game of the year. Like video games are pretty cool. I think that's days. beautiful. I love it. Like that's for as much. Eh, I shouldn't use the word trash. I sort to say for as much trash as it is showing up on steam these days. Although granted a lot of it, like the day before, <laughs> for example, seems like literal scams, but you know, like steam is just flooded with yeah, 99 cent game asset flip type games. You know, like there are a lot of like scammy sorts of things showing up these days. So for something, for something like that to just come out of nowhere and actually be amazing is so cool. I I think it's also a great testament, and we're gonna we're gonna get in our wrap up here. So I'll just kind of sentiment wise say I think it's awesome to see those things go up against big AAA blockbusters because we have yeah. stuff mm-hmm. like Lethal Company, stuff like uh, the Exit Eight, uh, stuff like Viewfinder going up against gigantic games this year. Yeah, uh, like Tears of the Kingdom and the Exit Eight and the same category. <laughs> yes. And That's viewfinder, cool. uh-huh. like, um, all right. That was um, 
that was best or would you say coolest game mechanic uh with viewfinder with Vinny and brad legend of zelda tears of the kingdom with alex and exit eight getting our consensus third place and that is going to end our first part of this game of the year we have part two coming up in which we will have the um actual top 10 ordered list of game of the year uh with our favorite games of that year where we will consensus that we have more categories coming up uh including alex's personal one and brad's personal one uh and a bunch of other categories as well five more in the next part but let's recap what happened here yeah you guys mind if i just read them down by all means here we go Go starting with best look which was a consensus vote we had Dead Space and Hi-Fi Rush as the runners-up, and Alan Wake 2, unanimous for best look. Good job, Alan Wake 2. Best game we came back to. Well, we had a unanimous one last time. This was a full individual picks this time, with Hitman Freelancer for Alex. Karatika by way of the making of Karatika, let's say, or inspired by the making of mm-hmm. Karatika by Brad. And the case of the Golden Idol, specifically the DLCs that came uh, out and kept me going back to that game in 2023. So that was Vinny's pick for the case of the Golden Idol. In best game, we came back to. Then I had my personal pick for FMV and or point and click adventure games that are for cool people. Giving recognition to Hand of Doom, Mia and the Dragon Princess, and of course the winner, my pick, Breakout 13. The breakout FMV game of 2023. Ridiculous! So glad there's so many. Wonder how that. Wonder how that game's doing. I don't know. I don't know. Very positive reviews. It's got a decent number. I hope we helped him sell a few copies. (laughs) We should keep an eye on that developer. Yeah. Uh, Our next category here: best played with friends. Boulder's Gate Three, a game that is fantastic with friends. Remnant Two, a game. That is fantastic with friends, but the best game played with friends by unanimous choice this year, lethal company. All three of us agree the best played with friends game. Of I'm giving the Cooper thumbs up on this one. <laughs> uh, very fun game. Uh, congratulations, lethal company. And then coolest game mechanic. The exit eight gets a unanimous uh, uh, spot as our number three. Let's say. And then we have Alex with The Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom, specifically all the powers you get, uh, mechanics in there. And then uh, Brad and Vinny picked Viewfinder, all the mechanics. <laughs> that, yep. game is, that game is that game has just a hook that is awesome and unbeatable and very, very cool. Agreed. Yeah, I, I, I said it then. It's up there with Portal. And what was the other one? I can't remember. The, it's, it's like an all-timer in like first-person puzzle room games. Yes. Yes, it is. It does weird things to reality in ways that, uh, if it hasn't been done before, have not done it this well before. So, congratulations there. What a year for games in terms of the yeah. games that came out. The product. <laughs> the product. Uh, congratulations to all the games that have taken Nextlander's awards uh, and to the people who've made them uh, and, and worked very, very hard on those. Sometimes, and we know, been in this industry long enough, sometimes a very thankless job. So, uh, all the runners up, all the games we talked about games that didn't get mentioned for the most part, mm-hmm. congratulations to everybody, uh, yeah. and, and their winners, some games out there though, 
<laughs> I don't know. Some games out there. We don't know. Uh, Brad and Alex, I want to thank you guys for participating. I know it's been a pretty tough uh, couple of weeks here. Thanks for uh, coming by and, and sharing your depth of knowledge here on our Next Landers Game of the Years, or at least part one. We will have part two coming up next week. Uh, kind of weird editorial note here. We will be recording that in almost a week's time. So if you're listening to these things back to back, there is very possible. There's a scenario where people have played different games. People like, I might be like, Oh, I finished Alan Wake two. I most likely will have said I finished Alan Wake two. These are locked in. We're not going back and changing these. Yes. But, no. Um, our, our next yes. categories, it might sound weird and different. If you're just listening to these temporarily, uh, as, as time has changed, we have a weekend in between right. these. Uh, I might crash in and be like, oh, we have to put 7th Guest VR in that you have to see these 3D <laughs> FMV people. That's right. We, we reserve um, the right to go in and edit this video and just uh, uh, loop over everybody. Anyway, yes. thanks everybody yes, thank for supporting you. us as well uh, mm -hmm. over this year. We really appreciate it. Again, no joke. Couldn't do it without you. Uh, it would just be impossible. Literally impossible. Yes. Uh, thank you to you for running all the video production stuff on yeah. this. Oh, you're welcome. It's fun. Look, uh, one of the my, one of my goals for 2024 is to maybe try and make an actual game of the year tool uh, at some point and add it in. So it's fun to do. Uh, thanks, everybody, again. We'll be back with more game of the year. If you're listening to this when they're coming out next week. See you, everyone. And of course, we couldn't do this without you and our patrons over at patreon.com slash nextlander. Bunch of different tiers there. But I'd like to thank our mysterious benefactor tier. And they get their name read on this show. So here we go. In our Game of the Year show. Sean Miller. Ryan Waterman. RRE. Infelicitous Rips. Kelly F. Brian Lucier, Skywarp. John Hubbard. Evan Cook, Mark Wilhelm, Jerry Lee, Deidre plays Fortnite now, I guess, Gary Pejke, Robert Fisher, John McInnes, Bunny Fiend, comma, the, Peter Reardon, Jad Rita, Statics, Fantasticasm89, Andrew Jackson, Mega Crane, Razgrizz2, Brian Murphy, Randy Duax, Andrew Tiebkin, Alex Wu, It's Me JP, Matt Clements Jr., Edward Chick, Andrew Slosky, Steve Lynn, Matthew Herrig, David Campos, and Tyler Treese. Thanks again to everybody for supporting us. Thanks for supporting us in 2023. Thanks for supporting us in 2024. Can't do it without you. And we'll see you for the next show. Thanks again, everybody. Bye.